the one being the lowest, ten being the best. Exactly. Got it. Are you up for this challenge? I'm up for the challenge. And tell us, tell us if you've beaten it as well. I sure will. The original Nintendo Brothers, Super Mario Brothers. Nintendo. Oh. And we are here on Podcastles, Nerd Thirty Five Podcastle, home of Cutting Edge Radio. Check us out on Podbean, Spotify, and on iTunes. Here with the great Jeff Miller. Great producer, Jeff. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks. Thanks, Matt, for having me. Oh, I've been trying to do this for a while. You're a busy guy. You don't stop working. It's all over the place. It's great. Um, but I prepared some great questions for you. Okay. None which are related to film. They're all historical questions. No. They're all good questions. But, but what's new with you, man? What are you doing these days? I know you're always working. We talked about you on the show before. And uh, what's happening right now? I've got like five movies in post-production in various stages. Um, five so, movies? Yeah, it's a wow. kind of crazy year. Um, you know, I mean, I'm very thankful for, uh, I was telling people I'll have a good Thanksgiving. I have a lot to be thankful for Thanksgiving next week. Oh, no, it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, five movies in various stages. Just wrapped one called Ouija House a few weeks ago. So that's the most recent one that's uh, that's in the can. So. Ouija House. Yeah, I saw I saw you put some promotional stills on there. Tell us about that a little bit. What is uh, what is that about? Yeah, it's about uh, it's kind of uh, I, you know, I wanted to kind of take these Ouija movies, these Ouija board movies, and 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 just expand it, make it bigger. I was like, how do you make this bigger? You know, I was like, oh, you make it a house. You know, where there's letters kind of on the walls in a house oh. and stuff that are that are hidden, and people have to find them and stuff and. Um, it's interesting. It's like a spirit that moves. Uh, I don't want to give everything away, but it's sure. uh, it just kind of takes the Ouija board movie thing in a little bigger direction, I think. Yeah, right. But yeah, got a great cast and a uh, great, lo- awesome location, and uh, yeah, very happy with that one. Yeah. Now the cast, you had some uh, some pretty well known people in this one. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that, or is, is this sure. still? Uh... Sure. We got uh, Tara Reid, of course, from American Pie and Sharknado, and yeah. Lose Cool movies. Tara Reid's in it. Uh, Misha Barton from the OC in Sixth Sense. Uh, Dee Wallace uh, from, of course, E.T. and Cujo and The Howling, and she was awesome. Right, exactly. Yeah, Chris Mulkey uh, came on board from, you know, my friend Justin Hawkins is friends with him. And Justin uh, and I wrote the script together, and uh, Justin brought Chris Mulkey on board, who's was in Captain Phillips and, you know, Whiplash and The Purge and a lot of cool movies. Which are great flicks, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you're doing a lot of good things, and it's funny, uh, when I when I saw the cast and D. Wallace, I'm, I'm actually a big fan, of course, of E.T., mm-hmm. um, but I am a big fan of Stephen King and Cujo, and I think on that set, it'd be interesting to work with somebody that's, you know, has done some of those films, and it's got to be exciting to be in that kind of crowd, I would imagine. She was a sweetheart, too, you know, I had a lot of questions for her, because I'm a big fan of those movies, and She's very, you know, very open, very friendly. Very exciting. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Um, I got to bring this up. Clown Town, of course. Mm-hmm. Huge. It seems like um, you have it distributed in a lot of spots, and it's pretty accessible. Mm-hmm. But really interesting. If you're not familiar with Clown Town, um, the film that Jeff produced, um, and uh, let's talk a little bit about that, but I feel like the timing on it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Clowns are the new zombies, almost, uh, mm-hmm. with American Horror Story, and... Um, it and everything else that happened this year uh, was that kind of coincidental um, that you you started producing this around the same time because I feel like the timing of doing that was uh, was perfect. Yeah, yeah, it came out. You know, I mean, we're very happy with Clown Town. It you know came out uh, like in October of 2016, right? Where a lot of the um, Head of the curve. clown sightings and stuff in the news. Yeah, know, right. 
there are all these people dressing up as clowns and scaring people and scaring kids. So people at, were asking if that was, if we were behind that. I said, no, no comment. No comment. <laughs> that was a pretty good uh, publicity, though. Some good marketing right there. Yeah, originally we were just kind of kind of trying to write off the press for, you know, Rob Zombie was doing a movie called 31, which we had heard had clowns in it. And we were like, oh, let's make a movie to maybe kind of draft off of the, the marketing he'll have for that movie. That was the original intention. Right. Um, and then, I mean, making a completely different movie, just trying to draft off of, uh, of the press. And then it just it ended up, I think his movie got pushed or something or delayed. And anyway, it just, we, but we were just writing off the press from all these clown sightings. And it ended up happening more so than writing off the press of that particular movie. But yeah, with it and everything else, it's, uh, yeah, we just kind of hopefully hit it at the right time. And the movie seemed to have done fairly well. And, you know, it's, it's still out there, so... Right, it's yeah, and it's super scary. Um, you do a really good job, and I know it's it's probably not easy uh, to put these together. Um, but the first film I saw of yours was, of course, um, Paul Bunyan, um, Axe Giant. Legend of, was it Legend of Paul Bunyan? Axe I know the Giant, title was Wrath of Paul Bunyan. Wrath of Paul Bunyan, uh, which is awesome too. Um, seen on the bridge. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's really cool. Um, but I got. I'm really curious because you have a lot of interesting locations. We talked a little bit before the show. Um, Inoperable, which is a film that you've shot, was it an abandoned hospital in Tampa? It's a, a little city outside of Tampa, like a small town outside of Tampa, and uh, it had been a hospital many years ago, and then it was uh, like a sheriff's department or something. Okay. Um, when we when we shot there, it was completely empty. It was you know had just you know pretty much been uh, it was just abandoned, empty. The, the county was going to tear it down or something. Really. Um, and the you know the main producer Chris Chapman had found out about it, I guess, through the local film office. And uh, checked it out, liked it, and then we just dressed it as needed for the hospital. Yeah. Wow. Was it was it an experience shooting there? Was it pretty cool? Yeah, it was really cool. It's you know, it was it was weird. It was like two or three stories. You know, it wasn't huge, but it was big enough where you kind of could get lost in it. Yeah. You know, if you didn't yeah. know where you were going. It's amazing too, because I I spoke about this on the show before. Like I'm fascinated with urban abandonments. You know, I've researched uh, a lot on like abandoned hospitals and prisons. I just think it's fascinating how. You know, we treated patients and, and prisoners over the year and how that's evolved and how it hasn't. And um, I would always imagine shooting on a place like that adds an extra level of kind of, um, you know, horrific, uh, horror storytelling to it because it's already kind of a, a scary setting as it is. You know, you're not mm -hmm. filming on a set. You're filming in a place that has a history, whether it's, you know, bad or good or whatever. And I'd imagine uh, filming on these locations, um, does it add a little bit of, like, tension to some of the sets as far as like the the horror element like it's a little bit like an extra layer of scariness to it a little bit yeah that one that place was a little creepy it was an old building um and then it was weird because yeah a few months later like in like i think it was september of, of the same year um i ended up doing a um uh helping uh produce a jean-claude van damme movie in Biloxi, Mississippi, and that was in an abandoned hospital also. Oh, right, <laughs> so yeah. I did like two hospital movies in a year. Um, that was like a, you know, That's much great. bigger building. It was like, I don't know, six or seven stories or something, and it was like a, just a much bigger building, but it was an abandoned hospital. Wow, yeah. interesting. Yeah, um, a lot of those uh, directors, like Shyamalan comes to mind. Um, he's filmed, um, he's filming right now the uh, Unbreakable uh, Glass, yeah, part of it in a mental hospital in Pennsylvania, um, if you look at the movie, um, 12 Monkeys had, uh, which is not trauma, but it had, was filmed uh, part of Byberry Hospital in Pennsylvania, which is really scary. Um, and I just feel like uh, the history alone, just can, it's a cool setting to do that. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so when you hear about an operable, um, it's incredible, you know, that you've got these locations, like, it's fun, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, I love finding, I mean, I'm trying to, we're, we're banding around ideas for maybe a Clown Town sequel, and one of the things is, like, we're trying to get a hold of, like, an abandoned theme park, or, you know, fun house, or something, you know, oh, yeah. find something cool like that. So, right, yeah. there's Six Flags in New Orleans, I don't know if that's still around, but anytime you Google abandoned theme parks, that's, like, the one that shows up one and it's, yeah, it's scary as hell movies. yeah I think I saw like a Nicolas Cage movie or something that was filmed there that, that shot a part of that it's interesting yeah, yeah. There, there's another one too not to talk keep talking about abandoned places like a weirdo that I am but um, there's one there's actually an Allison one or I'm sorry a Wizard of Oz theme park I think it's in North Carolina or something that's right mm-hmm. that was abandoned and it's still I went there as a kid actually when it was did open. you really yeah. oh shit is it North Carolina? North Carolina yeah I'm from the Carolinas yeah I was oh, born in North right. Carolina yeah, I grew up mainly in South Carolina, but I it was called Land of Oz, and I went there as a kid. Yeah, hey, like the Yellow Brick Road and everything. Yeah. You can see it. Interesting. But I've seen really cool pictures of that. I'm like, oh, I want to check that out. Yeah, it looks scary. It looks back. it looks kind of like bittersweet, you know? Like you can see as a kid, it would be nice and everything, um, but scary. Uh, we're with Jeff Miller. Tweet us at the underscore Podcastle. Uh, Jeff, thanks again for being on the show. Need to ask you uh, some questions here. Okay. You decline to answer if you want, but the yeah. listeners want to know was the most difficult film to make as far as like getting things together, money, actors on set, like just to, not to take away from the film itself or the, the reward it gives, but what was the most like harrowing experience you had making a film as far as like getting it done? I would say it's a, it's one of the movies that's in post right now and it's, it's one that I'm, you know, really proud of. It's, it's called, uh, The Russian Bride, <laughs> um, and it's, it hasn't come out yet. But Again, just, with the coincidences, Russia this year and the Russian yeah, Bride. You're just, it's you're very topical, very timely. And, yeah. you know, that wasn't really planned. It was just, uh, you know, it's a really good script that the, the director wrote and Michael Ojeda. But that was a movie that we filmed in Michigan in March of this year. And it just, uh, you know, um, you know, the money came together. It was, you know, a little bit difficult, but we pulled the money together. But it was a, it was a, uh, Snow is like a lot of the script is snow, and uh, and in Michigan it snowed. It was cold and kind of miserable there, and uh, so we were dealing with snow. We had uh, a kid, you know, and she was great. Yeah, you know, Christina Pimanova. She's got like six million social media followers or something. Oh wow! But uh, it's crazy. But she's great. But yeah, a kid. You had snow. We had a dog. We had horses. Oh my it was gosh! Like all these like things that like do not make movies with. <laughs> I mean, they always that, tell you like don't use that's kids. It. Animals, on right? Like the really two cardinal rules: are don't work with kids, don't work with animals. Yeah. And you're doing that. Yeah, we're doing it at all. Oh my gosh! And it was, um, yeah, it was a very, it was a contained movie, but uh, you know, mo- most of it was at one location, like this this big mansion. It was an awesome, wonderful location, but it was just a, uh, there were just a lot of different factors like that that kind of made it a fairly difficult shoot. Yeah, right. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. And that's in post right now. Yeah. Is that a release we're expecting this year? Uh, be that sh- that'll be finished. Uh, that should be finished in December is what we're, the plan is, or, or okay. January. And then, you know, trying to get in some festivals and then uh, hopefully come out next year. Yeah. Okay. Um, next question is, uh, and if you don't want to answer this, we can do, we can ask you the, uh, I guess, the most lovely actor or actress you've worked with, but who was the most difficult mm-hmm. person to work with? I, I always ask and that. You can decline. Too. You can <laughs> decline. It's always fun to hear that, though, when you hear who was, you know, maybe not maybe not as a person in, in their whole career, but with your particular experience, who was maybe a little bit more on the, the difficult side? 
to do a film with. Difficult side. And if they were all great, we can ask who maybe the most uh, exciting person to work with. They were, you know, let me just say, I might decline to answer the difficult part. Sure, (laughs) sure. But uh, let's just say I've worked with some unique personalities um, this year. Very, cool. know, Very well put. Some strong personalities and some unique personalities. Some of the more creative types. Quote some unquote. creative types. Sure. Um, yeah, you know. Um, so, uh, but yeah, there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should answer that. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, going through your uh, cinematography list, you're a producer on a film called Bug in 2017. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's got an extremely creepy cover on it. Um, but the idea, it's, it's about a 12-year-old girl who finds out her grandpa, the town sheriff, committed and cover up racially motivated murders ago. Mm. Again, with the topical political climate in the United States. Um, tell us a little bit about this movie, because I feel like a lot of your films are right on par with a social conversation that a lot of people are having. Um, yeah. Is this yeah. film inspired by any kind of uh, racial temperature in the country at the time, or was that a coincidence in, you know... No, that one, uh, you know, we shot that a couple of years ago, and uh, that was shot in Alston, Texas, and uh, a friend of mine, uh, Erica Vogel, had sent me that script. I'd met her at a scriptwriters uh, network thing where I was a, a speaker, uh, a speaker at or, and participant a few years ago, and she sent me the script, and I thought it was really good, it was, and it was the, that's the so far the first and only drama that I produced, but the script was strong, and... Um, I just responded to it because, uh, you know, it just hit a chord and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, also my, uh, great grandfather had been a sheriff in North Carolina. So a, a little bit of the oh, story wow. kind of was felt, you know, familiar or whatever. And just like, okay, this is kind of a neat story. Um, and, uh, yeah, that one actually is supposed to come out, I think first quarter of next year. Yeah. Oh, incredible. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. When you look at scripts and you want to produce it, what kind of uh, attracts you to a project? Is it something that you have in your head and as a creative standpoint where you're like, oh, I want to do this? Or do you look at more of a, like, uh, this seems attainable, let's do this now, I want to get on board? Like, How do you, dis- mm-hmm. how do you discriminate against which like, uh, films you want to, you want to produce? Um, it's kind of all of the above. You know, it's, uh, it's something that I might respond to. Um, or it's just something that I feel, yeah, I can maybe pull the, help pull the financing together. What, you know, if it's just brought to me and I, I haven't, you know, I, I write a lot of the scripts I've done, but not all of them. Um, and so sometimes I just respond to the material or if it's just a story that I think can be a, attained, if it's like somebody realistic and like, okay, this, you know, you're sure. not crazy and you're not, you know, thinking this should be a, you know, $10 million movie with, you know, no right. names or whatever. Right. Um, so it all just depends. If I if I think that I, I might be able to help find the money or help help with it in whatever capacity they might need my help, that's yeah, all. All just depends. Yeah. You're doing all this work. You have to have a lot of money at this point. Just tearing it up. Do you have any wild uh, stories on set about you losing your shit and yelling at people, or do you try to keep it pretty calm? Do you ever get mad and just start screaming at this point? <laughs> pretty good. It's it's. Uh, I would say it's rare. Uh, I try not to do, not to be that guy. Right, right. So I would say it's probably very rare. But it can um, get frustrating. Yeah, I get, you know, yeah. People get you get frustrated. Right. But actually yelling, I would say, gosh, I can't really remember yelling. You know, I, I might pull somebody aside and have a stern talking to her. Yeah, right. I need to, but you're I, a big guy. You're a tall guy. You look like you could you could yeah. hurt somebody. I, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to piss you off on a set. 
Yeah, yeah. You know what I, I mean? I generally do not, yeah, don't lose my temper. I, you know, I mean, I, you know, there's always a million things to get upset about, but, you know, I'll pull people aside. And I don't want to yell people, yell at people in front of the, the cast and crew. Right, yeah, you want to want to keep it real. Keep professional. We talked about just before the show, too. You got five films and, and post-production at this mm-hmm. point. What The next one that's getting released that's mm-hmm. out there, what is it? Which one is it? Uh, Inoperable is actually coming out in theaters December 1st uh, for a week. It's playing in 10 cities. Uh, Congratulations. LA, New York. Yeah, thank you. Uh, All the cities that matter. Yeah, Tampa, where we shot it, and then, like, uh, there's this, this big list of, uh, uh, I don't have the list with me, but, you know, I think Atlanta's on there, I think Houston, a lot of major major markets. Yeah. Yeah, because that's tied in with, like, a Netflix, uh, kind of thinking like a Netflix deal. Oh, congratulations. So we're getting theaters, and then a few months later, uh, supposed to be on Netflix. Yeah. December 1st. December 1st, yeah. When you put your films on uh, iTunes and Amazon, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, and other uh, streaming services... Which one do you find like more people respond to and watch it? Like, where are the most um, streams coming from? So far, Amazon Prime. Yeah, you know, I mean, pretty good. I mean, obviously, Net, you know, everyone watches Netflix, but otherwise, um, I think Amazon Prime. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty sweet. You have another another film on here. Um, oh, that's inoperable coming out December first. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Legend of Mandy the Doll. <laughs> yeah. And this does this have anything to do? Well, tell us about Legend of Manny the Doll, what, what you can say. I know it's in post, but I'm very curious about this one. Um, I have all kinds of questions, uh, but I'll read you the synopsis because it's public. Three public burgers, burgers, burglars will soon realize they are not alone in a manor house, which already rings all kinds of bells as, as being scary. They discover a doll mysteriously awaiting. I don't know about you, but dolls to me are like the one thing that truly terrify me. Clowns, I can I can deal with. I don't have a problem with clowns. I don't want to cross paths as one that's going to kill me, but... The doll stories, like the moving dolls that move. Since I was a kid, and I accidentally watched, I think it was The Puppet Master, or something where a haunted doll like killed people. Or I'm just terrified of them. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Because I'm fascinated with what this could be about. Sure, yeah. It's um, <clears throat> that one. Um, and I think it's going to end up being probably just called Mandy the Doll, which is a better title. I never liked the legend of But that's, that's, that's a movie that... Uh, that's a script that, uh, yeah, a friend of mine just gave to me. Um, I'm involved just as a small, uh, I guess a small part as an executive producer, kind of in a financial way and, uh, you know, a consultant, I guess, on the, the cut of the movie. You know, I've seen, I've seen cuts of the movie and I have a few notes here and there, but it was mainly a financial involvement in that. I like doll, creepy doll movies and uh, yeah, I've right. never really done one and I was this one just kind of came to me I liked the script and I liked the film that the uh, filmmakers had made like a previous movie they had done and I liked that and it's actually a, it's being shot in England which you know I was like okay oh like yeah England I've never sure. done a movie in England or been involved with one so there were just like various reasons I thought it was kind of it's a time cool to project do it. yeah that's pretty cool yeah. and that's that's coming out uh, next year that's supposed to be yeah that'll be out next year yeah that one's uh, in, in, in like post sound right now yeah. Okay, cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, one more question just on the on the films and posts, and I'll move on to something else. Uh, but there's a film you have called Strange Nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're executive producer on this. Yes. Um, I'm a big wildlife guy. I love them. And I'm fascinated with this synopsis about unsolved wildlife deformity outbreaks. Mm-hmm. Just like a, a mutant kind of film? Is it a creature feature? Like, what is, Tell us about this. It's called Strange Nature. Um, and the, the poster for it, if you check it out online, it looks like a deformed frog with like a fetus coming out of it. Right. What yeah. is, What is this about? <laughs> this is 
This is this is scaring me. This looks great. What is this? It's yeah, that's a, a, a really unique kind of story that uh, my friend Jim Ogula wrote it and directed. This is his first feature as a writer director. He he does makeup effects. That's that's his uh, that's his day job. But um, yeah, just that appealed to me. Just uh, you know, because Jim had already. I think I got involved late in that. I think he had already shot it or something. But it's about. Uh, it's based on true story. There's like in, in Minnesota or somewhere, there are these frogs in this area, and they have like five legs, five legs. Oh my gosh. And so it's some kind of deformity, and it's like a, they don't know where it's from, if it's some chemical plant or what, what the cause of it is. Jeez. And true so story. It's kind of based around that. You know, a woman goes back to her hometown in Minnesota, you know, brings her young son with her, and finds out about these uh, these deformities. And then it kind of starts going up the food chain, like there are oh. bigger animals, and people are starting to get deformed and stuff. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So it's, it's a different kind of story, uh, which is one of the reasons I want to get involved, and of course to support Jim, uh, you know, my friend, and, yeah. and his wife Beth, who uh, helped produce it. Yeah. And in the film, you show some kind of creepy animals with mm -hmm. deformities. Yeah, we actually show those those frogs. Yeah, wow. frogs with the five legs. That's incredible. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's scary. And that should yeah that should be out next year too. That one's that one's done. It's supposed to be out next year. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I know we only have a few more minutes, but I, I got to ask you a few quick questions mm -hmm. uh, about Hollywood right now and the climate and everything. I'm not going to get into the whole sexual harassment thing. I know that's been mulled over, unless you want to talk about it. But um, I got to ask you the uh, few questions. The the superhero genre uh -huh. constantly being rehashed over and over again. Do you think it's it's a good move to keep doing these, or do you feel like it's getting a little played out? I, I ask this because people. The listener of show have tweeted us, and also the hosts were kind of split down the middle. I think it's kind of a little out of control. It's too much. John, the other host, thinks you know he can't get enough. He thinks it's great. Just mm. keep pumping them out. What do, you, what do you feel about that? I mean, in my personal opinion, I mean, you know, I may be getting too old to really enjoy them. Like I enjoyed the first few, and now it's just like the same movie. You know, I mean, right? I just really have no interest. I mean, I'll, I guess I want to see Justice League, you know, if it's something unique. Like, I, I didn't see Wonder Woman, but I wanted to. But a lot of these, like, I really have no interest in the Thor, the new Thor movie and stuff. Right, yeah, I'm with I'm you. just like, all right, oh, gosh, enough is enough. They just kind of look the same to me after a while. But that's my, my personal opinion, unless 100%. there's a unique hook or something really unique about it. But, you know, whatever. Right, yeah, you, you hear about that. Um, another trend that you hear about too is uh, remaking video games. They did Battleship a couple years ago, which is a board game. Uh, I saw Rampage is coming out, the Nintendo game. Will there ever be a Monopoly game, and can that be done? Because I feel like that is a market that needs to be capitalized on. Interesting. And John and Mike don't think that's a viable idea, but I think Monopoly, Jeff. I think you should throw that around. Monopoly, the movie. But it could be I like mean, maybe some Trump undertone about him buying houses. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Them out. It's totally. Trumpian, you know, to have a, to have that, yeah, Monopoly movie. I'm going to edit this part out. This is some gold right here. We need to write this down. No. I was thinking, I mean, I was thinking about making like a Yahtzee movie. Um, oh, yeah, there you go. You remember Yahtzee? Did you ever play Yahtzee? Of course, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's just prime for a movie. I mean, I don't know why you anybody has, that. no one's done it. Yeah, you can even do a horror twist on that. Yeah. You do that Scrabble as well. Or like, like Uno, do you ever play Uno? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean... Yeah, the, the card game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why, why hasn't a movie been made about that? I agree. Right? I, I agree. Mean, Uno, be perfect. Candyland, I think that might have been done. It sounds like it should be. 
That should that should, totally should be that done. That could be done. I mean, it would be a Tim Burton awesome. film, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah like Johnny Depp. It'd be like, like Charlie the Chocolate Factory, kind of. Yeah. You know, but can you? I mean, Lord Licorice. I would go see it. See, that's something I would see. Yeah. That's what we should do. Perfect. After Uno, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, follow up. Um, talking about Hollywood, uh, you know, there's a there's a big conversation that Hollywood is on the verge of an implosion, where movies kind of uh, in a trend right now. They need to be. A three hundred billion uh, million dollar you know budget, and it must gross a billion in order to be viably made for a lot of studios. Of course, it's not entirely true. There's still you know some some art house movies and things like that making it, but a big trend is obviously for money. And uh, when you look at at the uh, you know top ten grossest movie, the highest gross movies of all time, a lot of them fairly change every other year or so. Where for a long time it was Jurassic Park, and then it was Avatar, you know, still number one. Uh, Star Wars, E.T., and then the last 10 years, that list radically shifts because these movies get made and made. Uh, do you think that's good for the business that uh, it's filled with a lot of these blockbusters over and over, or do you think that there needs to be more of a um, an approach to have smaller budget, lower budget, like art house movies released? I mean, the studios just care about the bottom line, I guess, you know, so they just want to make these big tentpole action movies. And I do enjoy a lot of them. Um, you know, occasionally it will have something like Titanic, I guess, that I wouldn't really call, you know, action or, you know, sci-fi or whatever. But certainly was a, you know, I guess a disaster movie. Yeah, sure. You know, and then that gets to the top. Um, you know, I, you know, I like the, J, the Jason Blum model of making these movies for like four or five million dollars and getting a big theatrical release through Universal. Huge. You, you throw the same, you know, P&A money, you know, $30, 40000000 million that, you, that they might spend for these $100 million movies. Right. But you have so much less to recoup. And you, you have, you know, he puts names in those movies like Ethan Hawke or whatever. You know, that's a good successful model for him. It works out. Yeah. I mean, more people should be doing that model, I think. I agree. <laughs> Can I ask you some horror movie questions? Sure. You're a horror movie buff. We've, we've debated this on the show a few times, and I still have not... Found an answer, uh, and I'm hoping you could solve this for us. Friday the Thirteenth movies. Mm-hmm. Jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. How did he go from an eight year old boy that drowned to like an eight foot man overnight in the lake? Was it a supernatural thing? Was there like a Voorhees clan? Because if you know the the films, did he not die? I, if he, he drowned in, in the first film, they allude to that. Mm-hmm. His mother's the killer. Second film is the first one where Jason is on screen. Third one is where he has the hockey mask, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But he, he, he was like a, a grown man by the time of the second film. Mm-hmm. Did he just never die and he was a freak living in the woods that developed supernatural powers? Or is that part of the illusion that maybe... Who did the original? Steve Miner? He didn't want to... Because it was supposed to originally just be an anthology series. Like Friday the 13th would have been a different mm-hmm. setting every time. But Camp Crystal Lake became the main one because it was so big. Do you have any answer on that? We still can't wrap our heads around this. Maybe it's not meant to be That's done. That's been debated by scholars for years. For years. You know? The I sages. Mean, yeah, for, for ages of what is Jason exactly. Because, yeah, you see him in the first one. I mean, he, he, you see him at the very I mean, you see him like drowning in flashbacks. And then at the very end of the movie, he pops up from a lake. Right. Grabs the girl. And he looks like he's been underwater. He looks kind of, you know. It looks amphibian-like. Amphibian-esque, kind of mongoloid, amphibian-esque or something. Um, but Hanson then, of felt. course, in part two, he's an adult, an adult or whatever, walking around with a bag on his head, killing people. Right. And, of course, he never dies. It's been debated for many years. 
It's very interesting. I have, I have no answer for that. Yeah. Are you a fan of the films? I am. Huge fan. I've seen them all, yeah. John and I used to rent them, the other hosts of the show, uh, would rent them when we were 10, 11, and 12 to find boobs in there. Because we're like, it was a loophole. Our parents were like, yeah, they can watch the Friday the 13th. They, they didn't know that there were like boobs in a lot of them. So we'd watch them as kids. But then as a byproduct of that, we really fell in love with these movies to where we'd watch and dissect them mm-hmm. uh, to a science. Um, and I think Jason Takes Manhattan, or Jason Takes Vancouver, if you want to call it that, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, might be one of my favorites just based on the cheese factor of it, of like the gangs. Like it's, it screams 80s. Yeah. Um, but then you get to like the later ones, like Jason in Space, the only one I haven't seen. Oh, really? Oh, I like that one. Is it good? Yeah. It's the only one I haven't seen. I like that one, yeah. And it's, I just feel like it's a franchise that when the reboot came, uh, I, I kind of wanted it to happen. I wasn't a, really a huge fan of the, of the reimagining of it, if you will. Right. But I feel like those movies deserve a kind of uh, respect with the reboots that, that they're getting. Do you feel that that's the case? Or do you feel like they shouldn't touch them? Oh, no, I wish they would. Yeah, I mean, I like the reboots. I mean, I keep hoping they'll make another, you know, Friday the 13th. They were talking about doing one that was a found footage, and I thought that was a cool idea. Oh, yeah. You know, like... Good idea. Sure, why not? I'll see that. Yeah. Yeah, really, really good idea. Yeah, right. creepy, too. So, yeah, I totally love that that whole franchise, and they're talking, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they were going to do one, and there were issues with the... The original writer claiming that he had he got the, that he has the rights back or something. There were some rights issues or something, so I think it was put on hold. Last I heard, maybe you can step step in and take over the project, show them how it's done, do it, I, 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 tear it up. I'd like to. I'd like to. I'd love to make one. Yeah, I, I was on the location yet for part three was shot out in the here in California, the, like the Santa Clarita area, and I saw some of the locate like the cabin location and the um, actually it had burned down by the time I got there, but the barn from part oh three. yeah. Out there, yeah, that's the first one where he's in the mask. Yeah, that barn scene with the motorcycle guy, and mm-hmm. uh, that, that movie's one of the creepiest, too. I feel like, yeah, yeah, I like for that, that reason alone, yeah, that was one of the first ones I saw. I think when I was when I was a kid, yeah, I saw like part two and three, I think around the same time. Yeah, it's creepy. I think three was the first one I saw. It was, it was screening one night, it was showing on TV, and I watched it. I remember watching it from the beginning, and there's a scene in the beginning where the guy, there's a guy that loses his eye and the eyes out. I just thought that was really creepy. Yeah, he's like a drifter kind of guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. lost his eye or took his eye out or something and uh, really creepy movie um, but speaking of these franchises the Halloween franchise Michael Myers mm-hmm. so this is a guy that's an actual person in, in the film mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a human being gets committed comes out 21 goes on a rampage all happens Halloween night sequel which I think is one of the best horror sequels ever taking place right after the first night just as good mm-hmm. somewhere around five or six maybe earlier he becomes like supernatural right is that the case? Because they just want to keep making movies. They're like, yeah, just make out of superpowers. Sure, yeah. And that's kind of how that happens. So that that loop is yeah. closed. We understand that. That that's. But but Jason Voorhees, you still it's kind of open to interpretation. It's ambiguous. I mean, I think at this point, well, but if you remember, like in part what six, like you can always, I guess you could always argue like the first few, like okay, whatever. He's you know, he wasn't really dead. He's you know whatever, he can come back to life in the morgue. But then, like, in part six, he gets struck by lightning, and, like, he's he is dead. He's in, like, a grave, and then lightning brings him back. So at that point, he's definitely supernatural, I think. Rejuvenates. After part six. I agree. And I have a theory on yeah. that. I feel like you see Jason, uh, I'm sorry, Jason goes to hell. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a scene in the beginning where he gets ambushed in a, a kind of a crossfire, I guess by sharpshooters, because they didn't shoot each other. They just nailed him. Yeah. He gets, uh, he gets an autopsy done. The guy just starts eating his heart. It becomes kind of infected. I, I, my theory is that Jason is like a, a, a demon of sorts. 
that kind of his soul or whatever that ghoulish power is can be transferred from person to person. But for a while, it just stayed in this um, setting of a guy with a hockey mask. Because in the fifth one, it was like a, an ambulance driver or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's kind of how they could explain it. It's, it's a weird theory. It's a little out there. But I feel like it's he's more of like a demon that can possess people. And that's how he can keep coming back as different forms. Mm, okay. It's interesting. Maybe okay. completely wrong. Um, <laughs> cheesiest car movie you've ever seen. What would you say it is? And I'm talking movies like, great movies that I enjoy. Like Evil Bong. One through six. Films like um, the movie with Gary Busey. He's a gingerbread man. I can't think of the name of it. Uh, Razorbacks. Killer Razorbacks. It was, I think it was an Australian movie from 86. About mm-hmm. the killer wild boars. Night of the so Lepus. Mm-hmm. 70s film about killer rabbits. Mm-hmm. Love these movies. Watch them as a kid. I think they're great. What do you think Like, is the stereotypical, best, pinnacle, like, cheesy creature feature movie ever made? Cheesy creature movie. Wow. There is one called Frogs, by the way. I never saw yeah, I never saw Frogs. It's kinda poorly made, but it's just about like swamp creatures. Not mm-hmm. mutated, but they're just angry at a guy for polluting the water that comes out and kill them. And I just feel like a lot of these films, uh it's they they've done so many different um topics and different like backdrops. What would you say is one that stands out? As I mean, like I love, like, a ridiculous. lot of those I really like, like, you know, Alligator I liked, you know, yeah. Alligator in the Sewer. It's kind of like a Jaws tongue-in-cheek, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Even the cover, I remember, was the big alligator yeah, yeah. under the water, kind of. With... I mean, I wouldn't call it cheesy. I mean, it was meant to be scary and, you know, yeah. stuff, whatever, but I just liked it. When I was a kid, I liked it. I was like, oh, yeah, it's the Alligator in the Sewer that everybody hears about. And it was massive. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. That's I a good flick, actually. Good. I do like that one. Yeah. Um... Piranha 2 came around that time. Oh, I love Piranha. Yeah, I love Piranha. The original Piranha, yeah. So creepy. That opening scene in the lake. If you watch the other Piranhas, too, uh, they kind of mutated to, like, flying. I remember, might have been the second or third one, they started, like, they were able to, like, fly. And, like, it, it got yeah, really... James Cameron directed that one, I think, the second one. Did he really? Yeah. That's wild. Was that his first directing credit? I'm not sure. But I even like the remake, the uh, Piranha remake. I didn't see the second one. But, um... Remake. Remake the, is good. I, it was actually on just the other night. I, I revisited that. It was on. It was in 3D when it came out. Okay. And it was really interesting because there's a scene where a guy gets his nuts ripped off. And in the 3D f- theater, you see that, the nuts floating in front of your face. <laughs> and I was like, this is something I, I really that. never thought I'd be in this, this position. But they but they did it. Yeah. And then Christopher Lloyd comes on and he kind of redeems it. And you're like, oh, no, let's, let's still give it a chance. Um, thanks for being on the show. Uh, before we let you go, I know sure. you're... Time's valuable. You're probably producing a couple films today as it is. Soon you don't stop working. Uh, where can we find uh, all the films that you have released online today? A lot where can we give you money to watch them now? You can go to Amazon Prime, and there are several of them on Amazon Prime. Clown Town, Edgar Allan Poe's Lighthouse Keeper, um, which is a cool, creepy ghost story. Um, Axe Giant, The Wrath of Paul Bunyan, which is Classic. You know, one of my favorites, and I like that one. Uh, that's on there. Uh, the Burning Dead. It's a uh, you know originally titled The Volcano Zombies. Denny Trejo. That's on Amazon Prime. Um, and uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting one or two, but those are like uh, some of the ones off the top of my head that uh, you know if you have Amazon Prime, check them out. Doesn't cost you anything yeah. extra. It's built into it. 
Yeah, do it. You know, and Operable comes out, yeah, December 1st in some theaters, and then um, that'll be out, I think, on DVD and VOD in February. So be able to look out for that one, too. Congratulations. Some of these other ones this year, yeah. Oh, I lied. Year. One more question. Okay. Um, you, you post on social media a lot. You find Clown Town, different films that you've done in different stores. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, do you randomly look for work that you've done when you're in these stores, and when you find them, you post it? Because I feel like every corner of the earth has something that you've touched in its stores. How do you do you look around for your stuff when you find it? I mean if I'm told it's, it's, it's gotta be, be in Walmart, for instance, then yeah, I'll go to Walmart, you know, and yeah. I get a kick out of going there and seeing it on the shelf and I'll take a picture. That's gotta be a kick it. though to go in you know, like yeah. a Walmart and you know, Biloxi or wherever you are and see a film that you've yeah. done sitting there on the shelf. And then some people will go or if I have one in red box, I'll get a picture of the you know, take a picture of the red box. <laughs> Uh, the artwork. Oh yeah, great! And then sometimes people just send me stuff, or they'll post it on online or whatever. Look, look, look what's in my hometown, you know? That's awesome. New York and Ohio or whatever. Yeah, know? yeah. That's what you want to. That's what you want to see. Yeah, you, know, you, you, want, you want to make sure you know you want people to see your your work. You know, you worked hard for it. You want people to to see it. Yeah, for sure. Congratulations, man! Thanks for Thank being you. on the show too. I know you know it's an honor to have you. Look to have you back anytime. And uh, check out Inoperable, uh, coming out in theaters on December 1st, DVD shortly thereafter. You can check out uh, Jeff's work on Amazon Prime, uh, Netflix, and uh, other online venues. Tweet us at the underscore podcastle. We'll return directly after this. Check this out, podcast listeners. LiveWeb Media at LiveWebMedia.com are offering a one-time discount of $250 off on their services. LiveWeb Media has been designing custom websites for over 19 years. Tremendous portfolio. Request some pricing today at LiveWebMedia.com, or you can call them directly at 1-855-LIVE-WEB. We've used them, John's used them, and a lot of our friends have used them, and their businesses have never been better. Check out LiveWebMedia.com today. Custom web and market. Yo, yo, it's John. Here's what you missed last week. The flash it out there. The killer of boxing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the killer of boxing. The crusher of boxing. Go to the pyramids of Giza. You know? Go to the Eiffel Tower. Go to the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. You check out India's Taj Mahal. While you're down there, want to check out the Opera House in <laughs> Sydney Harbour. Perhaps you can go surfing in Australia's Botany Beach. Why are you on this cruise around the world with all your money? May I recommend Mount Vesuvius? Mount Vesuvius in Italy. And then the Trevi Fountain in Rome. St. Peter's Cathedral. Go up to Moscow to St. Basil's Cathedral. This is the Kremlin. Red Square. Sorry, I just had a stroke. But... And that. Oh my gosh. Ooh, a regular wiggly wiggly piggly cracker barrel. Frangible. Yeah. Bathroom pranks. The ultraviolet password. <laughs> Frangible. Covered in blood. Yeah. Did you say Philly That's cheese busted. or cheesesteak? Frangible. Thanks, Obama. Hey, tweet us at the podcast. Let me have this podcast. Tell us to shut the fuck up. Blasphemous. Frangible. All right, it's time for something juicy. Hello, pets and birds. It's time for you to all experience a nerd.
Strapping your seatbelt, you're gonna become a passenger. It's time for Croc and his friend Hassinger. He had a crazy weekend, like butter. Him and his friend took his daughter in the water. Hey, we got a great show tonight. We're gonna to touch on a very special issue that the media, the world, and the universe is talking about. And that is the cable premiere of the film Krumpus. <laughs> it is appropriate because it is coming up towards I just Christmas. realized I'm sitting on headphones. Oh no. How about um, how about those eagles? What a fight song. Holy hey man, monkey. how about those eagles? What wow. a game. What a score. What a night. Seven to nine, Dallas was winning in the first half, you know, going into halftime. I was like, now just give give it give this a minute and yeah, give it's it a all beat. gonna crumble and fall apart for Dallas. Give it a breath. Uh, yeah, I was watching the game and it was slow for a while, and I went in the other room for like twenty minutes, and Jen's like, "It's, it's like nineteen to nine or twenty to nine or something like that," and I was like, "What? Yeah. What?" They went on a thirty to zero run on my drive home from the Parrot. It's, it's amazing. Five minute drive in that time on the radio again, you know, right. losing the signal and having to find it on another station as I'm driving. Yeah, Drunk. taking tinfoil from the cheesesteak you had and putting it on your antenna and trying to get better reception during driving, whatever it takes. Oh, I did have a cheesesteak. Oh, it's and, tough, man. It's tough yeah, these days. I think I finished it like at halftime. So what is that, 1030 at night? Cheesesteak, a full cheesesteak oh, after at a least full. 10 beers. And I woke up 330 in the morning with heartburn from Satan himself. Oh, it's the worst. I had, I think, three slices of pizza before, like, the middle of the first first quarter, and I was, like, dozing off by halftime. Yeah. I was just, uh, Nodding. Uh, Cheesesteaks, I can only do half of now. If I had a full oh one, I'd, I'd have to just sit back in the chair and just pass out. You know, I, I normally only eat half and then either save the half for later or, or just don't eat it. And for some reason, I was, like, starving and kind of drunk. So I was like, all right, I got to eat all of this to kind of sober myself. Yeah, that's what happens. You're, you're like in a good mood and you're like, I deserve this. I've yeah. eaten in like eight hours. Like, I'm going to do this. And then your body's like, no, you're not 21-year-old Matthew anymore where you could kill like one of these at lunchtime on a hot day and then still be productive. You know, right. remember that yes. lunch? You could go to like Wawa and get like a foot long and kill it in yeah. the car and be like, good, you're still good for the rest of the day. I remember working Saturdays at the Thompson at the Detail Center and at lunch having a huge 16-inch thick meaty cheesy Italian delight cheesesteak and then going right back to work till like 6:30 at night. Yeah, no and no problem too. <sighs> no coma. It's fun. No no itis. Can't do it. The itis. The itis, the itis. The itis. I had a buddy over here on Saturday with his kids. He has four kids. Oh, and uh, we killed... Uh, four kids. Four kids. We killed two slices of pizza. Nice. I mean, two two boxes of pizza. Oh. And then and then we were still, like, we were drinking heavily. It was at the point where I just kept feeding him drinks because I was like, uh-huh. like, I'm still going to drive. I was like, nope, you got four kids. You're going to get wasted. Like, I'm not going to be that friend that's like, I don't think you should. I want you to have fun and crash here. So we yeah, just got right. hammered. And then, like, the turkey came out. Like, I had carved turkey from that day. 
killed that. And then I started making other things. It was all it was all these bad ideas. Like a pre you know, it was oh my Thanksgiving gosh. turkey? Yeah, it was like it was a work work turkey. I took it home. Nobody like oh, wanted it. Oh. Like huge turkey. I was like, I'm taking it home. So I made the turkey. Nice. And then we had a chicken from from the night before. Jen had got like a whole a Whole Foods chicken. So I was like coming out. So we killed like two birds and two pies, and it was just whiskey. It was just a bad idea. The next day, morning Clark, I was just like, fuck you. And oh, I was just like, God. You killed two birds with one gluttonous. With affair. one mouth. Two birds with one loin strip. Three o'clock, I woke up, three o'clock in the morning, and it, you know, heartburn from Satan. And I'm laying there. I, I go and get a drink of water. That does nothing. That almost like makes it worse when you lay back down. Yeah, it almost hurts you. Yeah, and Heather, because she's pregnant, her body heat is like times a million. So like, if I like, if our wrists are leaning against each other, within thirty seconds, it feels like my arms on fire. Oh really? It's like yeah. the, her temperature's warmer because yeah. of that. Yeah, her body heat's she's like a furnace. And, and she feels hot? Like, she's like, put the AC on. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Blasting AC. Oh, see, I'm all about that. I'm all about that. My body temperature runs warmer anyway. Oh, me too, man. But at work, everybody seems to be freezing all the time, even though it's like, you know, it's only 72 degrees and like 85 outside. And um, gluten-free Ty, who's pregnant, is like, why is it freezing in here? And I'm like, it, it's not. It's I, not freezing. Like, come on. I Think about the sun, and I start to sweat. Yeah, let's get the AC going on at all times. Blast it. Blast but it. Now the humidity's gone, and it's like 80 max every day, low, like uh, 67. Beautiful. So we don't even have the air conditioning on. It's just a crisp, cool, calm. Autumn breeze. Autumn. It is a crisp, collective, soiled Floridian breeze with cookies on the side for you to eat and nibble on. Delicious coconut flour cookies. Twice. Snap us. The Underscore Podcast. Let's not show my live with media. Nerd Up 35. Got a lot to dick into tonight. We got a lot to rubber balls against. Check the Apple dick feed. Uh, Al Franken in the news. Um, oh. What do you think about the Al Franken thing? Do you think it's a, it's, a, it's a scandal that, that the Republicans are doing to get some heat off them? Or do you think the guy's a little creepazoido? Well, I, I wanted to finish my story because I, I had a question for you. Oh, I'm sorry. Harper. I thought you still. It's okay. I was thought you were still it in pieces. Dick, dick baiting. He, uh, well, Al Frank. So it's so hot in the room. Yeah. And, you know, Max in there, Shady's in there, Heather's in there. The, a neighbor. The developing child is in there. And I, I can't sleep. It's like an hour. I'm tossing and turning. So I go upstairs into the guest room mm. and I fall asleep right away. Do you ever do that? Yeah, like on the couch or something? Yeah, just like abandon the, the master bedroom and go fall asleep somewhere else. Yeah, when it's really hot. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I need to be like somewhere isolated, like a chamber. Yeah. Like an oxygen tank, like T.O. I love a cold. I, I sleep with the fan on year-round, even in the wintertime. Even in Pennsylvania, when it was like 16 degrees outside, I'd still have the fan on because I need that like air on me. The breeze. Yeah, I need I, a breeze. Um, I would even have the window cracked a centimeter when in yes. December in Pennsylvania. Oh, that was the best. Or in the summer, when it, like August, when it's cooler at night, you put the window open and the fan on, and then once in a while, a oh. fan in the window, 
and it was just like oh. a, a jet stream of cold air. You'd wake up at like 4 a.m. and you'd be freezing. You're like, this is great. Yes, you just get more blankets and go under. Yeah, oh, it's the best sleep of your life. It's like sleeping outdoors. So I'm yeah. ranking. So you're doing your thing. So, what, what, But did you go somewhere else, the guest bedroom? Did you sleep like a baby when you went in there? Yes, and, you know, we had guests this weekend, so, you know, all right. They slept in it, and then I did the sheets like the next morning because they slept, slept with in them. the whole weekend. <laughs> you just crawl in the bed. They're still in there. Yeah. It's like, you guys are cold. I'm uh, scared. And so the sheets were all clean and brand new. So when I oh, crawled in better. there, I was like, oh. The fan blasting. Oh. The ocean music swaying. It's delightful. Franken put just... hand full-fledged on my rear. Yeah. Isn't it bad that we're grouping together George Bush, who, 96-year-old man in a wheelchair, inappropriately groped a woman, to and Bill Cosby, who drugged women to bang them? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, we're putting those two in the same group? I mean, one, is, gosh. one is like a crime. Right. One's sexual assault. The other's... Inappropriate. Inappropriate, right. <clears throat> you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to. I feel like Bill Maher talked about this on Friday, too. Oh, um, I forgot. The, I still have that episode to watch. That it's show. a great episode. I won't spoil anything, but he talks about just what you said about Franken being looped in with like Harvey Weinstein oh, really? and all that. And no, it's not, you know, he said, yeah, I was shaken by this. It's inappropriate, but let's not put him in the same class. As like a rapist, I mean, there's a difference right. between grabbing a butt, which uh, I did in middle school or elementary school, I guess, as a kid. Uh, if someone came out now, it was like Matt inappropriately telling me in fourth grade, he's the same as the rapist, Bill Cosby. Right. Like, eh, well, no, I'm not. I mean, I was a kid; it, it doesn't matter. But you know, right, yeah, we were like 12 years old. Our hormones were unleashing. It was basically we were like animals. Yeah, and they liked it. They wanted it. There's, there's no complaints. Right. You know, but they I just feel like, in. yeah, yeah, they, they, well, they welcomed it. at surf mall, but I feel like that, that you're you're bringing in these. Yeah, exactly. It's like somebody that you know. Uh, you're grouping. Over, they overserve someone too much at a bar, and they drive him and kill themselves, manslaughter. But they're like, well, he's the same as Charlie Manson, killed somebody. Yeah, there's degrees, and that's what Bill Moore talked about. There's, there's degrees of murder. There's first degree, second degree manslaughter, accidental vehicular homicide. There are degrees to that. They're all bad. There are degrees of killing someone. But uh, just the like same should be applied to this. Just like there's different degrees of enjoying these people, uh, their art. Uh, like I said, Harvey Weinstein, I've never seen him in a movie. I, don't, I didn't even know what he looked like. And I tell you the truth, unless I go research it, could not tell you any of the movies he's made for sure. I could, like, guess a few. But I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to make that much of an effort to stop watching his movies when I don't even know when he does them. But when Louis C.K. makes a joke about a pervert, it's not funny anymore. No. Sorry. Yeah, yeah it doesn't hold the same weight. Sarah it's kind of like... was on uh, Bill Maher. Recently. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she was good. She's really good. Sometimes I, I almost feel like I'm tired of her, and then I watch her, and I'm right. like, God, she is pretty f- smart and funny. Yeah, you're almost like feel like she's a little played out sometimes. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, she's doing the same thing. Right. Like, I get it. 
but but then she's still she's that, still pretty funny. That show on Hulu is pretty interesting. She does. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's like a talk show about. I mean, actually making America. America. I love America or something. Yeah, she goes and like talks to people who hate us to try to bridge the gap. (sighs) Speaking of movies, I got to crowbar this in, and we'll have him back on. But I, yeah, look at me segueing. I I wanted to talk about this movie, and uh, I didn't know how to segue in, and you just did it for me. I just did it like a job. You laid the bricks uh, with the other bricks. This week. This weekend I had Jeff Miller over the house. We were hanging out. I recorded an interview, which we just just played on the first half. We're going to have him back, though, because he's a horror movie producer. He lives and breathes horror movies. He's an expert on the subject. So I had a crowbar in. Can you please explain Friday the 13th and how Jason was a kid that drowned and became an eight-foot man? And he couldn't do it, but he said many scholars have debated this in the horror like world of, of how this happened. And there's really no answer. Horror purists. Horror pure, fanatics could not, cannot. There's really no answer of how that that happened. Right. Um, I thought it was just he means, didn't die. Well, that's what I said. I, that was my thought that he didn't die, or and I thought also he uh, became like a demon. He was right, a demon like he was that's host to host. Right. Yeah, but I guess the the relied answer is he didn't die. But then why was his mom on this murderous rampage? Did she think he died and he didn't? But yes. The, so he just lived in the woods for like 20 years. He he survived the drowning and then just hid in the woods. It's just weird, you know what I mean? In the what do you like? And he he drank puddle water and survived on grubs. Yeah, grubs, shrubbery, grubbery, berries and nuts, and lagoons. Um, but what movie did you want to did you want to dick into? Last Flag Flying. Oh, yeah, what's that? Starring Brian Cranston, Steve Carell, and Lawrence Fishburne. Ooh, and uh, their last mission wasn't on the battlefield. I'm guessing these guys were like hackers that like stopped a virus or something hardcore, like current in the military. Oh yeah, that's just that a sounds, guess. I could be totally wrong. That sounds fallacious. What is the? Uh, is that a theatrical release? Yeah, I'm trying to. Last Get time. off Amazon Studios where they're trying to make me buy tickets to the movie and go to Google and get more information on this damn flick. But I wanted to see. Get your, if get your movie pass. If you don't know about it, you've never heard of it? No. No, I'm not familiar with it. Cover web last, page. Last flag. During a show. Flag. Son of Flight. Oh, my gosh. The love of Scotland. Yeah, the, uh, the, the films, though, with... Um, we talked about Hollywood before. I've seen like two or three articles about, you know, Mel Gibson's in the new uh, Daddy's Home too. Yeah. And I've seen like literally two or three articles in the Apple Dick feed that said, "Why is Mel Gibson doing movies? Remember what he did?" And I'm thinking, just leave him alone. He, the guy, did some shitty things. He lost his career for a number of years. He's allowed to do a movie. He's still a great actor. He didn't kill anybody. I'm sure he's. Right. He, he his wife divorced him. He he lost all kinds of deals. You know, yeah. studios dropped his movies. I like, thought he was done forever after that, but, especially because it's Hollywood. Right. End of the Jew. Yeah, exactly. But they seem to have forgiven him. You know, and you still see these people are like, remember he did this in 2005. It's like you guys are just on this like witch hunt. Right. To like shame people over and over. It's like you you can have a second chance. You yeah. can redeem yourself. It's in the Bible. You can do something wrong and be forgiven and come back. Yes. You know what I mean? I mean, everyone, a lot of people can come back from the dark side. I mean, Anakin. 
Yeah, right there. Anakin Skywalker, he came back. You can do things, but I feel like uh, the whole sexual harassment thing is getting a little out of control. It's all valid if it happened, but um, I feel like even when something's passed, people are just throwing any anything that's happened in the past into the limelight now. Like, well, remember uh, Adam Sandler did this joke in '97, and you're like, <laughs> kind of right. digging a little deeper. There's like real issues of people getting sexually assaulted every day and at hand. Um, it's like the end thing to do now. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. It's every day. You're just waiting to see the next big star, like major, powerful Hollywood star. Lindsay Menz, a 33 year old woman now lives in Frisco, Texas, reached out to CNN on Thursday, hours after Tweedin made her story public. Tweedin said she wanted to share an uncomfortable interaction that left her feeling gross. Who, I mean, what Al Franken, what has he done? He was a Senate live, and then he was like a senator or like a comedian. The hell is yeah. he? He's a comedian who did SNL. He's like a character kind of bit actor, and then he joined the Senate. He's a really smart guy. He, he asked for the um, ethics com- committee to launch an investigation into these claims on himself, and the accuser said no. And then all these things came out about how she was like, groping people on stage and, and, and all that stuff. So it kind of discredited her. But then this other allegation came out today, which kind of threw him back into the light of, well, maybe he did do something wrong. Like, as of, as of last night, I was like, ah, Franken probably didn't do anything wrong. This is just like, you know, somebody throwing clout on him just to fuck it up. But then somebody else came out today, so you're like, yeah, maybe he did do something. Uh, right, when there's smoke, and usually the, the rule of two, it's like, well... Are there two people faking it? That would be pretty stupid. And Jeffrey Tambor, who's like the creepiest looking man anyway, um, came out. It was like, I can't do the show anymore because of all these harassments. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's like the creepiest guy out of all these people. Jeffrey Tambor yes. is like the creepiest guy to, to touch you. He's, he's like a disgusting looking man anyway. That's like his bit. That's how he's famous. He's known to be like sleazy looking. I mean, he I mean plays a fat guy a with his eye. Yeah, and that guy with his like weird, like kind of cross-eyed, ugly face is. Oh, I feel bad for whoever that was. Oh my gosh, it's just so sad. Playing Mara Ephraim on Transparent has been one of the greatest privileges and creative experiences of my life. What has become clear over the past weeks, however, is that this is no longer the job I signed up for for four years ago. It's bizarre. I've already made clear my deep regret uh, if any action of mine was ever misinterpreted by anyone as being aggressive, but the idea that I would be deliberately harassing anyone is simply utterly untrue. Given the politicized atmosphere that seems to have afflicted our set, I don't see how I can return to Transparent. That's a shame. He won, like, awards for, I think, two seasons so far. Yeah, yeah, he won multiple awards. It's a well-written statement, but it kind of goes back to the... um the Cosby thing about these guys can get women or whatever. I mean, if you're famous, you can you can you can get women. I don't care how ugly you are. You can right. just you can get them. They do it because they almost like want to be in this. It's like a fetish. Like Cosby could get women. Cosby, one of the most famous, at one point one of the richest men in America. He he can get women anytime he wanted, but he enjoyed like drugging them. That was like how he got his rocks. Right. And you feel like these guys, they probably just feel like they can do anything, and they probably enjoy. That kind of chase 
it appropriately. That's why they do it because I mean they you can, you can pick up a lot of women. You know, LA, you can just go to a bar and be like, I'm a producer. I'm working on things. You'll get all kinds of women. You just throw that shit out there that you can help them. You know what I mean? Not me. You want to be a Montgomery? <laughs> get over here. Stop paying. But I feel like they, they want to get off on this like inappropriateness, which makes it a little bit more creepy than if it were just like a regular dude in the bar. Sorry, I just got fucking distracted. Like an idiot, I opened my work email by accident, and then I saw something oh. from someone where I was like, oh shit, what is this? Glass. <sighs> no, I totally... Oh, you know what? It, going to what you're saying, where these guys are almost... It just reminds me of my one frat buddy. You know, I, I wasn't in a frat. Rapey Joe. I had a friend who I went to high school with, and then I went to Penn State with, and he joined a frat. And, you know, we were still friends, so I would go to the frat parties occasionally. Uh, yeah, right. Which was like, you know, five nights a week. Uh, and I remember him telling me at one point, he's like, I'm kind of bored with sex. Like, the only thing that, like, I can get That's off on. a weird on, opener. The, the only thing I can get off on is, like, weird shit now. Ugh. You know? And I bet celebrities, they get it so easily that they almost become, like, bored of just regular sex. And they have to get, like, weirder and weirder and, you know, wield their power Definitely. more and more. Yeah, they Ugh. get bored with having all the time. They got to do weird things. Like, Stallone is in the news. Oh, and no. I, I heard a story about Stallone from Jen. Jen... Jen used to work in the studios. She's got friends in the industry right. about the things he would do consensually, like in the 80s. But he would make girls do like weird fucking things. Like and it is, Yeah, like a little like a little more, you know, like, like yeah, like on glass oh. tables like underneath and stuff like weird stuff. About and these guys, boom, boom. these guys get all these drugs, <laughs> they get all these drugs and fame. And they're like, I'm bored with this. Let's do something weird. And I feel like they, they do a lot of this. A What's BM. interesting that it's coming all up now, though. What's that? A BM. A, ba- a, B- a bowel movement? Yeah. Mm, a bowel movement. About bowel movement. What's interesting about coming out now, though, is it's a good thing that they're coming out because you're going to you know, drain the swamp. Right. But I feel like we've only scratched, sadly, right. the, the, the tip of the dick with yes. this. I think you're going to hear – I think you're gonna, this is going to keep going and more and more are going to come out. And you're going to see some really famous people come out. What I don't understand is why Trump is still on his job. I mean, he was like one of the worst ones with that. You know what I mean? I mean, if that were any other job, that could get crushed. For some reason, that's okay. But I feel like you're gonna feel more and more and hear more come out. Yeah. He's too busy arguing with Lavar Ball, who right. is the ultimate baiter. You know, the ultimate. Uh, he he just he's playing with Trump, and it's just so amazing that Trump is amazing. like falling for it. Oh, he's he's hook, line, and sinker right to the bear's pit. Right in there. And right the, the Cracker Jack. They're like the same person. They're, they're selfish. Yeah. You know, it's all about me all the time, and I'm loud. Probably an asshole to their kids. One is orange, one is black. You don't think LeVar Ball was a dickhead dad growing up? He wasn't out there making them do jump shots like every day at 6 a.m.? I don't know. I don't know if he was like that because the kids seem to like love him like they whenever they talk about him they're like he cares about us like he wants to be in our life like it's the coolest thing ever like a lot of our oh, friends don't go. even know their dads so yeah i think he might be a little nuts but not not a not, not a, a joe jackson step up. 
Right, yeah, I was thinking, not a Joe Jackson. You gotta dance. Last flag flying. 30 years after serving together in the Vietnam War, Larry Shepard, Sal Nealon, and Reverend Richard Mueller reunite for a different type of mission. To bury Doc's son, a young Marine killed in Iraq. For going burial at Arlington National Cemetery, Doc and his old buddies take the casket on a bittersweet trip up the coast to New Hampshire. Along the way, three men find themselves reminiscing, coming to terms with the shared memories of a war that continues to shape their boners. They're, they're, they're so, breath boners. You ever been up there to Arlington? Doesn't seem like an action-packed flick, but probably some great hey. acting. Historical thrillers, like 13 Days. Have you ever been to Arlington Cemetery? No. It's an amazing amazing spot. Would you, Bob would probably add to that. I've only been there once. Sure. But you can see Kennedy's uh, grave and the, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And uh, Kennedy's grave has the eternal flame on it that's dipped in oil and it burns 20%. Oh, yeah. Forever. Forever. Kennedy's flame. It's touching. Who's the Unknown Soldier? They don't know. There's several of them. There's what several of those soldiers. What's he known for? Oh, Vietnam War uh, and some other wars. The unknown soldier was someone that wasn't identified of who they were. So they, they Marines guard him, guard that grave it, symbolically. Oh, so all it's the not. Time. He didn't necessarily do anything amazing or like some crazy mission, and they don't know who was responsible. He was no, just a guy it was somebody that identified because his face was blown off. The soldier. Yeah, something happened. They didn't have his dog tags or something. Like melted. It was waxed. It was teeth. waxed. Cup his teeth. Tomb of yeah. the Unknowns. That's oh, kind of cool. The Unknown Soldier. Charles Manson dead? Yeah, hear 83. Ye, hear ye, hear ye. Proclamation and declarations. What was up with him? What happened? What was he what like a as a job. child? I think he was very manipulative. Uh, oh boy. From, from what he did leading the cult, I was at a... Sp- uh, an event once and there was a speaker in uh, in Malibu oh. and she was talking about how in the 60s she moved to LA to uh, become an actress and she became involved uh, with these people that wanted to um, change the world and she's like yeah I went to this I went up to Topanga Canyon and there was this guy there that was very charming and all these women were doing whatever he asked them to do and that guy was Charlie Manson and I knew when I was there that something wasn't right. She left. This is before everything happened. But uh, she was saying how manipulative he was and how people looked at him almost like a god yeah, in this dude. cult. He could do whatever he wanted. I mean, he ordered the killings, the LaBianca killings and Sharon Tate, which, by the way, I have a story about that Sharon Tate house if you want to dick it. Well, I did just want to talk about Charlie. It's uh, pretty fucking scary. But, you know, he... He is scary. I guess if a Those woman, eyes. Thought, right. If a woman thought he was semi-attractive, the way he speaks and the way he opens his eyes and like looks right into your eyes, he he owns you. Your own. He got you. You're he done. has you. Your and his eyes too were like remind me of like Michael Myers with these black, lifeless eyes. If you ever look at yeah, it, there's soulless. nothing behind his yeah, eyes. Yeah, there's no life. There's it's no soul. He's just it's like an evil. empty evil person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Those eyes. I totally agree. There's nothing in there. Those Nothing eyes going on, but evil. He just wants to see the world burn. It's really, really creepy. Manson was born in 1934 to unmarried 16-year-old Kathleen Manson Bauer Cavender. Yeah, that's a long since that. That's what. That's what pregnancy that should have been terminated. 
Listen to this. Manson was first named No Name Maddox. Within weeks, he was called Charles Mosma. Guy was born with no name. Yeah, it no explains name, a lot. No name. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, we're kidding. We're seeing the roots of it all. Sixteen and pregnant. That'd be amazing. You know, the kid there. Wow. Anyway, he's a no name nutbag man. So what's he's the scary nutbag. story you wanted to dick? Oh, uh, so I know somebody who, okay, so the, the Tate house where the murders happened, right? it was eventually purchased by Jeff Franklin, the producer of Full House, like in the 90s. Oh, yes. He tore the house down, rebuilt it. Somebody I know's husband was his private cook for like a couple months, like a gig or something like that. But when the house was really built, there's all these weird things happening, he was saying, in the house. Like uh, one was he would always feel like there's somebody watching him in the oh, kitchen. No, 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 no. And another time is Moving. Jeff Franklin installed this green marble in one of the rooms. Mm. And in the same day, if, for whatever reason, it just turned pink. Like he had to gut it and like redo it. The, the, the green marble, like actual marble, just turned like pink. Like it, 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 like it turned into another or, color. Or, or it did like what the Statue of Almost Liberty like, did. Almost like a fading, like Statue of Liberty, but it, it happened in like one day. And he said he eventually quit this place because it was just such a weird no way. vibe. Yeah, I would yeah. have to get the hell out of there. Especially it's if one of the nicest houses in L.A. It. Yeah, it's one of the nicest houses in his house. It's huge. It, it has like a parking lot, basically. There's like yeah. 10 cars lined up outside this, I guess, basically driveway. Holy Chiello, shit, man. Chiello Drive. That is like a real deal. Boynton Beach, Florida mansion. It is wild. And these, uh, the, the murders, everything happened. Manson actually didn't participate in any of them. Right. He, he ordered them and they were all, they all should have gotten the death penalty, but there was an abolition of that or an abolishment of the death penalty like a year later that held the legal thing. So they all just got life without parole or uh, life, nine life sentences or whatever. But, um, there's my money. But there you go. You keep this guy alive. Yeah, right. That's what I thought of it like. Like, good, he's dead. Like, my money isn't feeding him. Not feeding him. But wild. I think I've watched interviews with him just to see how, like, really crazy he is. Oh, really? And within, like, a minute and 30 seconds, I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's so fucking insane. Like, I can't believe we're even wasting our time with him. He's just a lunatic. And Put like him down. Said, look at his eyes. There's nothing there. He's useless. Useless. I've, I don't think I've ever seen an interview with him, but uh, there's a bunch. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Yeah, Sell I don't think out. I've ever like searched for it, but what a nut job. There was a connection between him and the Beach Boys too. What? Yeah, I forget what it was, but one of the Beach Boys used to like hang out with him. What? Back in the day before all this happened in the '60s, because he was kind of like a cool cult guy in the '60s. Right. People like, a... like they wanted to be around. Him. He was like a a hip kind of like. Hey, we're hanging out with Manson. Who you was know? the painter? Um, Salvador Dali? No, the guy that... Oh, the, the oh the Andy floor. Warhol. Yeah, Warhol. Like one of those weird, hip, Yeah, he's one of those guys. Weirdos. And apparently one of the Beach Boys guys was like, eh, fuck this, I, I can't de- deal with this anymore. Because he, he was just so weird. He got you know? crazy. Yeah. Dennis but Helter Wilson. Skelter, Dennis Wilson, yeah, who was the lead on the uh, best Beach Boys song ever, uh, God Only Knows. He drowned. Washington Post. Charles Manson's surreal summer with the Beach Boys. Group sex, dumpster diving, and rock and roll. 
Damn, that's probably a really good read. Check that out. Friends. That's probably a good story, friends. The uh, Helter Skelter song by the Beatles that was written, that's what Manson referred to as the murders. Helter Skelter is written on one of the walls door of the murders. Helter Skelter. And the FBI went to uh, John Lennon and was like, what does this mean? And he's like, you gotta ask Paul. He wrote the song. You know? And there was there was no connection, but how terrible would you feel? Skelter in summer swelter. That's not Beatles, right? No, no. It's Helter Skelter. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. Then I stop and I turn and I go for a ride. It's the most like amped up Beatles song ever written. It's like it's like almost like a punk song, you know, from the White Album. They're just oh, screaming. Yeah. It's just like a drug infested thing. Right. But it's really weird that he would even make that reference. It's it's probably it's just bizarre. Paul making like words that rhyme that aren't even words. Like, right. He does that. Yeah. It's kind of like bullshit. Anthony Kiedis does when he's like baka duka baka. Listen to Dennis Wilson said. California. Charlie, he is the wizard man. He is a gas. <laughs> I've always hated that. He's a gas. Yeah. How's John? Oh, he's a gas. Ooh, listen to this. Wilson God. went the rest of his life not speaking of the months he spent with the guy Charlie and his followers dropping acid, enjoying group sex, and jamming late into the night. Wilson said, as long as I live, I'll never talk about that. You sissy. Pussy. I wonder if he like, saw a murder or something. Yeah, what a dick. You want to take a quick break? Slash. Tweet us. Snap us. At the Underscore Podcast. Oh, At Nerd Dart 35. We shall return directionally and legally after this. They told me I could have as much of the uh, mama's ass tea as I choose. All right, young man. You, uh, all right, do I just read the, uh, the copy right here? This copy. All right, right now you're listening to the podcastles, uh, Nerd 35. This is uh, Harris Thompson, uh, my good man. And here's what happened last week. Rory Feldman tried to raise ten million dollars to make a movie about accusers. That guy's such a such a money publicity like weirdo. I'm gonna make a movie. I'm gonna do it. Your pitch. I'm gonna, you know, implode Hollywood. But I need ten million to do it. So oh. please give me money. Well, Thanksgiving is upon us this week. Podcast is Nerd 35. We have some fun, juicy, exciting, and deliciously tryptophan-like Thanksgiving facts. Number one. Do you know that Thomas Jefferson canceled Thanksgiving during his presidency? He actually canceled it. George Washington was the first to declare Thanksgiving a holiday, but it was on a year-to-year basis, so presidents had to redeclare it every year, according to the Washington Post. Jefferson was so adamantly against Thanksgiving that he refused to declare it a holiday during his presidency. And many say that he called the holiday the most ridiculous idea ever conceived. Hmm. Yeah, it wasn't until 1863 when Abraham Lincoln proclaimed Thanksgiving a federal holiday. Oh. And it was officially scheduled to fall on the fourth Thursday of November. 
Look at Abe. The first Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade used live animals from the Central Park Zoo. Instead of floats, they used monkeys, bears, camels, and elephants, all borrowed from the zoo as part of the parade. I'm trying to focus on these fun facts, but the the, the D minus production with that music is just distracting the hell out of me. In Thanksgiving 2004, I actually vomited on myself after a night of drinking, and I didn't know how to handle it. After many tears, crying, and trips to the bathroom, Matt came down for turkey around 5 p.m. and saved the day. What song that is? You know what movie that's from? No. Great Plains, Trains, and Automobiles. Ah. You know what? I'm about to have a blasphemous under my dick if you say you've never seen it. Biggest blasphemous ever, 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 perhaps. I've seen it more than once, but I think only twice. And once when I was really young, and then maybe 10 years ago. So I really need to fucking watch that shit again. Maybe Thursday night I will watch it with my bride. I think it's an appropriate film. Best comedy of all time. Just ask Mr. Agnew. He shares the same cinematic taste. Oh, does he? Yeah, I think. He He loves Candy and Steve Martin, so. Well, the two of them together, oh best gosh. chemistry ever. It's a perfect, perfect oh. movie. It'll, it can never be done again. Everything about it, it's got a heart to it. It's Every gritty minute. at times. They don't use a lot of language, but there's one scene when they say the F word a million times, which gave it the R rating. It's classic uh, John Hughes. It's feel good, and it's Thanksgiving. It's, it, could just, it could have been just lumped as another Christmas movie, but he's like, let's make it Thanksgiving. He, um, it's one of those movies you never want uh, to end. You know, like right. Christmas Vacation, when when you know oh. there's a certain scene that hits and there's only like about ten minutes left, you get like depressed and you're like, nope, I'm yeah. gonna start it over. I don't, I don't want this to be over. Right? Yeah, like in Corky Romano, when you know the dog is saved and you realize it's three quarters. From, I mean, yeah, like playing trades on, you know, twist. Same thing. Macomzie. So yeah, that was some 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 impromptu banter about Thanksgiving traditions. One of the best holidays, though, right? Four-day weekend, you load up on turkey and stuffing. and It's my favorite you enjoy one. The cranberry sauce. I, I've, I've decided. I've, I've, it's in stone. Thanksgiving is the best one. And you could argue Christmas or New Year's or Halloween, whatever. You get four days off guaranteed every year. It doesn't matter. It's the same day. Day. It's not the same date. It's the. It's consistent. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's never it's like. It's not like a Tuesday. What if Christmas falls on a Sunday? Oh. Yeah. Right. You and then you have off Monday. You might. Might. Some people could be dicks. And and it's always the day off. Christmas Eve. There's always a weird thing like, well, maybe we're open, but nobody's working, so we're kind of just there by default, but no one wants to be there, and you're not there, and there's no right. stress around Thanksgiving. You know, Christmas, it's not yes. the holiday itself, but all the stuff surrounding it with commercialism and buying things and traveling. You know, you feel like you're shelling out money. But with Thanksgiving, there's no stress. There's no presents. You don't have to buy anything. Maybe you get some food, but you're not like, well, we're going to buy this and wrap this. And it's it, there's no stress. It's Heather's, just relaxation. Heather's parents and their family, they're awesome. Thanksgiving, they don't dress up. They come over in mesh shorts, no underwear, T-shirts, no bras. And, you know, right. all just naked. And Hanging out. Yeah, it's good. Gravy. To, yeah, like, man. But that's how it should be, though. You know, you just relax. I remember 
growing up, you know, you'd have people over, you go outside, you throw the football around for a couple yes. hours. You watch football. You always the Detroit yes. Lions were like always on for some reason. It was always like the Lions. Now it's like more, but Lions and Cowboys. A, they have a contract. Is that what it is? Yeah. It was always the Lions. Yeah. And the and Cowboys. Good, and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Got their asses handed to them last night. The Pennsylvania. Dude. But but it's the best holiday. Everything but the cranberry sauce, which you you were a fan of, because you have the right bit of savory with the sweets. Yes, I the love right a little of, a little tart. You like a little memories with your meat. I don't need any of the turkey. Actually, you know what? I I forgot. I do eat turkey, but I eat the dark meat. Yeah, me too. Juicier. And uh, I guess less painful on my belly. The clarker the better, the sweeter the juice. Ooh. What did I want to talk about before we got into sports with John? I think... Memories. Oh, dude. Uh, not to keep harping on this damn. Uh, I'm not gay, s- right? Just get it out. Sex right, scandal stuff. Again. But yep. Russell Simmons and Brett Rat- Brett Ratner is that? Brett Ratner, yeah, the producer. Oh. He's a pervert. He's making this woman do things she doesn't want to do, and the woman's saying like, "Please stop! Please help me!" And Ratner's just sitting there watching them. Ugh. What happened? So this was like 1991. This girl came out. Was it like a he made her? Simmons made her do like sexual things, and Brett or Brett Ratner like got off on it. He watched. Oh, how could you do that with another man in the room? Really, truly. But how can you not only see this woman being made to do something like against her will and not help, but you're like getting turned on by it? You're like that oh. much of a loser. Allegations of sexual misconduct. God. These guys. Carrie Clausen Kaligi was a 17 year old fashion model from Farmtown in Nebraska. These dicks taking advantage of this like girl from the middle of nowhere. Yeah, probably trying to make a name for herself. You know, become like an actress. Well, there you go, an actress. Probably, yeah. We'll we'll help you out with the movie. Come back to uh, come back with us. They took her to uh, dinner one night in '91 at Mr. Chow, and then back to Sim's apartment to show her music video they've been working on. But uh, why come does she on. need to see the music video? Like, what do, what is she gonna say? Like, mm, looks good. I'll uh, yeah. Maybe I'll set up a meeting with my people. <laughs> Maybe try some more lighting on that. Let's do camera two instead of three. Get some more dailies. Come back and watch this. Exactly. Awful. Here's the the graphic here. Simmons, who was then about twice her age, tried to force her to have intercourse. I fought it wildly, she said. He eventually relented and coerced her to perform oral sex, she alleged. I guess I just acquiesced. Jeez. Just, Just get lock them up. Lock them all up. I don't care. If, if imagine if that woman is your a cousin of yours, lock him. Oh up. yeah, I don't even have to. Just lock I him know, up anyway. You're saying. doing terrible things. It's like some yeah, people right. I don't think are sympathizing. I guess with these women because they don't know them. You know, it's like uh, what Sarah Silverman said: like facts don't matter anymore. It only matters if you feel something from it. So, right, you you can't feel for these women because you don't know them. 
but if you knew them, you would want the worst for these people doing shit against them. Oh yeah. Even if it was that, 10 years ago. That's what needs to happen. You need to have one of these perverts come out, you know, allegedly sexual misconduct, but the girl was like, you know, like the, the God, the goddaughter of like some mafia guy or something. Yeah. And you just see them disappear and you're like, yeah, you know, something yes. like that. That would be amazing. You know, One of these chicks are like, yeah, uh, uh, a Don's daughter. She right. She comes yeah. out. Genovese, Godfather Genovese's daughter. It's like, oh, no, maybe not. You need to go away. We need to talk about this uh, sexual misconduct. Shady, shady the cat. We'll make make this problem disappear. She's looking for a cat now. We got out the tweeters from the other school podcast. Tonight, John and I are talking about uh, sexual misconduct among Hollywood elites, these Hollywood Pinocchios. It's been a real riser of a show. A riser. What, <laughs> what do mob guys say when they're like describing something? Ra- like, what would their word be? They wouldn't say riser. They'd say yeah. it, was a, it was a humdinger. Oh, they'd say, <laughs> forget it's, about it. They'd say it was fucking great. Yeah, forget about it. Yeah, that's, that it. that's pretty much what it is. I'm trying to find that. a picture of this girl, Carrie Clausen Kaliki, but it's kind of odd. It almost looks like they're fake pictures. She is pretty good looking. Yeah. 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 But yeah, his uh, Russell Simmons dude, what a pervert. Those guys. He's another one of those guys. They're behind the scene. You barely even know what they're connected to and they're connected to a shitload of entertainment that you enjoy so it's like right Ugh, do i have What's to stop listening to run dmc now right and it's gonna be interesting too to see what happens to these guys in a couple of years because they'll they'll try to bounce back you know that's right. what they do for a living they'll try to do this will like they be accepted they'll, they'll have to do baby steps like they'll probably have to go to rehab and come back in like five years with like a charitable thing you're taking no money for. Like, like you know, you have to really handle it delicately. If you want to know if this country will eventually get over all of the Kevin Spacey, uh, Louis C.K., all these people, we will get over it. You know why? O.J. Simpson is a free man. <laughs> right. He's great. Our Wait. justice system got over double murder. So we should be at a, we should be able to get over a few you know rear end grabs. Right, we've elected Trump to the presidency. We can get over this. We, we can, can prevail. This. Yeah, we can prevail. This can happen. Scores Michael are Jackson. on the league, Matt. Michael Jackson. Hey, did you actually see that Macaulay Culkin or Corey Feldman? They all said like Michael Jackson was not like a weirdo pervert child toucher. Yes, I have, and I, 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 I believe them. Me too. Yeah, I think he, he, he just he slept with kids like in the literal sense in bed inappropriately, which is just as wrong. But, but I don't think it was over. sexual. Yeah, I think it was like a like a big kid that's like let's hang out, which yeah. is just as bad. But I don't think he was like getting off with them. I think he was asexual. I don't right. think he had sex with anything. Right. I think he was just like a a child in a man's body. Yes, and he never got to have sleepovers as a kid, so he was rich and could do whatever he wanted, and, you know, all ages loved him, and he identified with, like, six-year-olds. Yeah. Macaulay Culkin. 
they all said that he never did anything inappropriate in that regard. Feldman. He's Corey on a crusade. I, uh, yeah. Speaking of Corey, so I made like a little clip. Oh. We're, we're talking about Feldman in like the last couple of shows. I can't remember. You know how right. he's begging for ten million to make a movie to expose Hollywood, right? Uh, so because Hollywood, Hollywood, ten million is the price of Hollywood. They don't have an unlimited budget of lawyers. Let's just get ten million, and Feldman can solve the caper. Well, nine millions for like his security, uh, right? Of course, right, the caper. It's like Monty. It's like a shitty version of Monty. He's an eighties yeah. child star version of Monty. Ten million, and I'll solve the caper. The cheese it, see. So I needed music, and Ooh. I never listened to that song of his that he did on like Good Morning America, where he was like dancing all weird. It's unlistenable. I'm like, let me listen to this. I can't believe I'm saying it. You like I, it? I like it. You do? <laughs> yes. Let's have a clip. You gotta pull it up. I uh, because here's how I know I liked it. You know, I I didn't really. notice if I liked it or not the first couple listens when I'm editing the clip together then I went back and re-listened to it like a day later and when the song ends in the clip I wanted to keep going that's good though (laughs) you can be touched by that and I went and I listened to the whole thing and I was like you know what Feldman this isn't horrendous this this is go for it by Corey Feldman and the Angels maybe because it's him No, this isn't it. This oh, it's the other one? I'm talking about. Um, this was on uh, the Today Show? Yeah. Good Morning All right. America. He, I can't remember. He must have did two. Corey Feldman song. Is this Take take a Stand? M- yes, maybe. I, I think so. All right. God, I'm so... Let me pull it up. He's still, he really is a weirdo. I know, but he was so awesome in the in the movies he was in. I always loved him. Thought I could hang out with him. Yeah. Feldman. Relatable. Jew. I can't find it, man. It's it's always showing that one. I thought you found you found the name. It it was uh they weren't doing the song, it was some YouTube thing. Oh, horse with a like showing interviews. Somebody's trying to capitalize off it. Maybe you were playing like far down in the song. Because I only listened to like the first, you know, minute over and over and over. And then I gave it one long listen through. So I couldn't really. You couldn't give it the respect. I couldn't really tell you if it was the song. If you were. Got it. Down the road, were you? Here it is. Yeah, I can get on board with this. I just um, we'll f- I'll find I'll pull a clip up. I just I am it to you. Oh, I like silly it. goose monkey. I like the juice. Um, so we'll, got uh, it. All right, here we go. So this is Corey Feldman on the uh, Today Show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this Very is what I was just playing. Okay. It sounded yeah, this is it. On the scent for some gay sounded good though, right? You you had to get your, your ginger yeah. with it. He's is he trying to be serious with music or is that just like a pet project, like a side project? 
I feel like with him, he has enough followers that he could kind of do anything that he wants to artistically. Oh, here it is. This is it. He's got performance dance art. He's like doing these weird arm crisscross interpretational dance. So he gets a little weird here. Sounds like an Eminem opening. It's not terrible. It's, after, it's not terrible though. After that part, it kind of goes up and down. But I don't know. I like. I dug the beginning. Yeah. It's well produced. It's catchy. It's a limerick in your head. A jingle in your lungs. Don't wanna bring you down. I need some toilet paper. Come on, let's go down. I'm going to McDonald's later. I think he should team up with someone to like bring him to the next level. Like he should get someone with like music street cred, like. uh like Skylar Gray or somebody that he could like, like like Skylar Chris Gray. Brown. That's the second time you've mentioned Skylar Gray, I don't think I know who that is. Not blasphemous, but she's in like a lot of those songs as the female Maybe like counterpart. But um, she's yeah, yeah, she's with that. Eminem. Right, so he needs somebody like uh, that or like Chris Brown that he could do a featuring with, like Corey Feldman featuring Fifty Cent or something that can put him to the next level. That's what he needs to do. Problem is, I don't know if these guys would sign off on it. What if Eminem did as like a, a, you know, a solid white guy yeah. to white guy? Like, here you go, man. I'll make you look cool for 15 minutes again. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So, Eminem's coming out with a new album. He's coming out with. Uh, I know. In the ne- it, it might even be in the next week or so. It's very secretive, but it's called uh, Revival. Yes. And he's, he's, he was on SNL. He was on SNL this past weekend, and he released the song. So they were talking about back in August that it would be November. And November's been a month that he, he has released albums in, in the past more than once. Um, so I feel like Encore. in this day, Encore, Marshall Mathers too. I feel like in this day and age, like you too and what a lot of people do, is he's just going to release it one day and go, it's out, it's on iTunes. You know, and uh, that's it. It's not going to be the... It's coming out this date. Rush to the store. He's just gonna announce one morning, like it's it's out. It's go get it, like Dre did with uh, Compton. You know, it's out. It's online. I uh, it it's just amazing because that's just how you, that you can do it now. Like with art, it's just so cool. You have your own. You can do whatever you want when you own it. You know, right. he's made so much and he's so big and there's so many people that will know by word of mouth that he doesn't even have to advertise. No, not at all. Well, it will, you and I will buy it the first day. Even though he, um, yeah, he uh, did go on Saturday Night Live. It's a bit of a, a promotion. Right. But it'll be good. Revival. 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 Relapse. Dre Recovery. and uh, Rick Ross are on it. Or Rick Rubin, sorry. Yeah, he likes Rick Rubin. Uh, I know. He's great. He is good. Beastie Boys, Kid Rock. Yeah, yeah, he's like a mega producer. He's in the video of Berserk, Eminem yes. does. He's, he's a bearded guy. He's like a lumberjack. Yeah, I know. 
and he works with all these rappers. It's fun. It's, uh, it's cool. It's Produce. Really, I'm a producer. It's really cool. It's really, uh, you and I need to do an album and just release it one day. I know. But it's songs that we listen to and us like just mocking them and singing along. Like it's not even an instrumental of us singing. It's like Snoop Dogg's The Shiznit playing, but it's like you and I singing on top of it in the car. Yeah. People are like, this is copyright infringement. I'm like, it's great. Well, you think about it's it. Great it's great Linda Jean. Sister Linda Jean Studios. We've so... got them hot presses, lacing tracks, dropping gems, picking it's, jewels. It's Haiti. really frustrating that that car pool sing-along, like lip-syncing, is, I know. is all you have to do now. I mean, I am amazing at car lip-syncing, and I've been doing you... that since the 90s. You were better. Yeah, we know how to anticipate the right moment and maybe like do like a crotch grab or something that's applicable to the song. You know, like what, you know, a, a charade. A mime, invisible cube. A theatric, visible cube. But revival. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Always excited for Eminem. It's going to um, be political. It's like the only musician that I really care to buy albums. Yeah, same here. Um, and you listen to it a lot. I still listen to uh, over over, Marshall's over. Mather LP too. Yep. Like at least once a week, I'll have like a song from that that yep. goes through my. Like I'll find it, I'll play. I think it's like that and Jay Z's Black album are the only things. Oh yeah, always, they're the only albums, the only songs that are on my little iPod shuffle. You know, so it's just right. that those albums. On so I listen to them over and over on loop de loop, loop de loop, loop loop loop. Sports. Shall we go over to sports with John? Sports with John. And now, and now, sports with John. John. All right. Obviously, I want to start off with the Eagles. Oh, yeah. What a game. I just can't. I almost can't take it. Because you're not anxious before going into games anymore about if you're going to lose and what it's going to mean? Are you actually confident? It, it reminds me of there's, there's few times when I can clearly see the best team and the team that, barring injury, they're just going to mop everybody up. There's been a few teams. Uh the 49ers in 1994, when they had Deion Sanders that one year, it was just so obvious they were just going to win. Prime uh, time. Then I think when the Broncos won their second one, they were like 14 and two or 15 and one, I think, that season. 97 against the Packers? No, the next one against the Falcons, the Dirty Bird, 99. Yes. 99. They slice. were unbelievable. They were slicing, dicing. Um, so. And that's what the Eagles look like, but they're my favorite team, so I feel so weird saying that. Yeah, it's bizarre. We never thought we'd see, at least me personally, I never thought I'd read, you know, Eagles are the best team in football. And, you know, at, at week 10, and then you see announcers say, like, Wentz is the best quarterback in the league. This offense is the best in the league, the best we've ever seen. To hear that about the Eagles is something I always picture to hear about, like, You've heard about Tom Brady and the Patriots year after year, but to hear them say about the Eagles, it's kind of weird Alice in Wonderland thing. You're like, where yeah. am I? Is this real? It's so it's kind of surreal. It's and it's, so it's, it, it, perfectly it feel, put, man. I feel like I'm in fucking Wonderland. 
you're in fucking Wonderland. And tell me if I'm not right. You, you, you feel like you deserve it at this point. You're like, yes, it's about time. Like th- this, yes. this, we, we deserve this. This totally. is time. We've been through year after year. They got their groove and this is something very special yeah. that you're watching. I mean, we won a game last night without a kicker. Mm. Our kicker got clocked. Oh, concussed. Actually, I think he yeah. just tried Elliot? to tackle somebody. Yeah, Jakey. Well, yeah. Jakey. Yeah, and it was uh, just incredible. And who do we play next? Do we play Rams? The, um, There's two on the road. We Seahawks. We play not a good team. We play a team that we should kill. Oh, the Bears. Bears. Right. Right. With our our defense, Fletcher, and that and the rookie on the front line, and Jenkins, and our secondary. We have four interceptions of Dak Prescott. It was just unbelievable. We just kicked the crap. Our running game, it's like we have 10 running backs. There's a different running back every time. quite a pool. Quite a pool. Jay Ajayi, another touchdown. I think total he has like 200 yards and two touchdowns in two games. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's earning his money. Return on investment. Yes. ROI. The most significant thing, though, is Wentz and Peterson and Coach Peterson's, uh, they overcome their long-running post-bi-week losing streak. Finally. Yeah. Whew. Let's sweat off in lines. We spoke last show, continuing in football, Matthew, uh, about how the Buffalo Bills out of nowhere with a winning record <laughs> and a quarterback who only threw two interceptions through like nine games was benched in favor of Jay Peterman, his real name's Kyle Peterman, or no, Nathan Peterman, but I keep calling him Jay Peterman. Bartholomew Peterman. He uh, throws five interceptions in the first half. <laughs> did, he, did you see that? It was a joke. Did you see the I one? I watched every play. I watched every interception. It was so funny. The one was where it was like, it, it almost, it was it was close. It may, may have been like a 10-yard, 15-yard pass. And it almost looked like he was throwing it at the guy, and it kind of bounced off, and he caught it. But it was it was almost yeah. like comical. It was like a guy that's never thrown a football before that's drunk that's like, let me do one play. And it, he goes out there, and he throws this, and I'm like, what is that? That's not a quarterback. It was you're it's so right. It was like someone who never even played college football. Like his timing was so off. It it's was like, awful. How are you a pro? Like that's unbelievable. And uh, it's great. It's even greater because. Earlier in the day, uh, my buddy who's a huge Bills fan, he, I'm on like a group thread with him and a, a Ravens fan. And the Ravens fan says, Eagles crushed Dallas tonight without uh, Ezekiel Elliott, right? Question mark. And I said, of course. And the Bills fan replied, nope. <laughs> nope. And right? Then, and then five interceptions thrown by his quarterback. Five. Stupid dick. Who was the quarterback of the Bills, though, the, the other guy? Uh, he's, Ty- Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, he's loving that game. He's like, yeah, I'm enjoying the bench. When do you want me out? He's not, yes. you know, uh, Peterson's not starting next game. Are you kidding me? He handled it like a, a pro, though, because at the second right. half, they brought him in, and, I mean, he at least scored a touchdown. I think he threw an interception, though. That's okay. I think he had two TDs. Right. I mean, fuck them, dude. That just Five. smells a slice racial to just immediately shift in midseason to a guy from a guy that you just 
gave a big contract to. They're so yeah. clueless. The Bills, they're like the Dolphins. They're just mediocre forever. Yep. Boy. And they'll always be that way. They couldn't even win a Super Bowl in the 90s, and they went like five years in a row. Four you know? years in a row. Who was the, the coach? Marv. Uh, Levy. What was his name? Levy. Marvin. Those guys, that that whole thing. They Jim had like Kelly. some great players: Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, Brucey, uh, like Brucey Smith. They couldn't even hack that. No, but they are a mediocre team. Yeah. Oh, they've been like almost below mediocre. Uh, just a losing franchise, completely. Uh, you know, such a weird market too. It's like I know they have the Sabers, and Buffalo is like a, a good city, mm-hmm. but it's a small city, and like yeah. the Bills, like I. I yeah. I feel like that team would have been like a, a team that moved somewhere else before the Chargers did. You know what I mean? Yes. They're fans, though. I mean, if you lose they are, the they are Bills, hardcore. they have nothing. You know, they're up there in, like, the land of always winter. Yeah, it's the wintry wonderland without the wonder. No, just confusion and inbreeding. Sadness and regret. And shame. Uh, oh, <laughs> no. What was that for? Trip to fan, a trip to fanatic. Over to basketball. Yeah, dribble that side sausage. To the association, the Sixers. Cram the hamstrings. As they beat the Jazz for the second time this year, sweeping the season series with the Jazz for the first time since the Reagan administration. So I guess that means since like the time (laughs) in the 80s. Right. Uh, Cleveland scalps Detroit, Minnesota whitewashes Charlotte. The Knicks vanquish the Clippers, and the Pelicans repulse the Thunder. Bucks, no, Wizards drub the Bucks. Celtics ruin the Mavs. Celtics win again. That's right. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm following that story. I can't believe it. I uh, I think we played them this year, and it was close, but they won, obviously. Maybe. But I want to play them again now that we've gelled because the Sixers look amazing tonight against the Jazz. Simmons had 25 points. He's like the first rookie ever to have 20 points or more in his first 15 games or something. Oh, it'll be a game. Yeah, it's a it's time. So Embiid, he uh. He's running down the court, and this guy guy drives the lane on him, and he just jumps up and swats the ball into the crowd. Crowd goes nuts. Yeah. And B kind, of, kind of stands over the guy, talks some trash. Yeah, talks some smackaroos. And B turns around to walk around, walk back down the court, and the kid <laughs> who he blocks gets up and elbows him. Oh, right in the crackerjack. Knocks him to the ground. He sits up, goes like this. The ref gives him a technical. The crowd goes crazy. Embiid stands up, starts egging the crowd on. They're going right, nuts. Bring it on. It was just a beautiful thing. Totally closed out the game with like three minutes to go. Amazing. I think they won by like 20. I wish I saw it. I didn't, I didn't see it. I don't think it was on here. Yeah, it, I, I only I looked watch for it because I, I have the app. Remember? Oh, I thought you went to each game. Uh, Roger Goodell, we should get our own private plane. Yeah, $49 million a year for a cushy office job that's and, not an oil company. And um, insurance the rest of my life and my kids' lives. 
Yeah, of course. Kids, kids. Wow. Sports. 155 to go in the fourth, 34-31 Falcons. Oh, the Falcons. Hey, did you hear about the Georgia Dome was demolished today? The yes. old Georgia Dome? It yeah, they, they, they knocked down, imploded. Does anything really cool happen there? I guess the Olympics. Oh, okay. Which ones? 96. Yeah. 96. But what's the score of the Falcons right now? 34-31 Falcons, 155 to go in the fourth. Who are they playing? Falcons, Sahawks, Battle of the Birds. Ah, in Seattle. Oh, yes. Dirty bird. Dirty bird. And finally, checking on our Las Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, yeah, how those boys down in the, down the, down the floor doing? Currently, they are 12 and 6. At home, they remain eight and one. Still, What's only say? one loss at home. The city of Sin playing juicy slots. Nothing I love how we're just following slots. their home streak. Oh, I'm all about it. So great. I'm obsessed with them. I know it's like such a funny thing to follow. But doesn't that theory hold up though? That they, oh, it's, I mean, you come from out of town. Of course, you're gonna go gamble, but you're flying the night out, so we're gonna do it the night before. You get drunk, I'm... and you're shitty. I think that's why we're following them. There, it, it, that's a, that's almost like a fact that you will it, play worse. You're, you may have your worst game against the Golden Knights. It's like the ultimate home field advantage. It's like, hey, right. we're playing the the Playboy Mansion Rabbiteers tomorrow. You're staying in the mansion tonight, <laughs> and you're a celebrity with money. So have exactly. fun. Exactly. That's it's, it's, it's just like playing the ultimate the, extract distraction that's going to keep you up. Right. It's like playing the BurgerFi onions and you're staying at BurgerFi. Of course, you're going to eat a lot of cheeseburgers before you get bloated because it's BurgerFi. It's what people do. Oh, we had BurgerFi Saturday night. Oh. The greasiest onion rings of all time. At Crazy. the one in Delray? Yeah, it was like we you take the bite and the onion comes right out of the fry. Oh, I love that. breading. I hate it because it slaps your lip and it burns. Oh, not when it's hot. That, I did get a third-degree burn once from that at Jack in the Box. Yeah, it looked like I had herpes for the next week. Oh. oh. And in yeah, it looked like final... I had herpes, too. I had it herpes. It looked like it, yeah. Yeah, I, I had them. And genital, an underring fell on my genitals, too, because there was herpy-looking things down. Can you edit this out? And the Gold. stupid Flyers, eight and eight right now. They've lost four in a row. <laughs> And they've had four overtime losses. <clears throat> they must have no oh. goalie. They're like in dead last place in the Metropolitan. That's what it is. It, yeah, it's the goalie. I've heard that, too. I've read that. It's really the goalie's like, yeah, he's letting a lot of shit fly. That's like rookie shit from what, I, what I'm reading. Uh, uh, I believe Survivor Series was last week. And I mean, last night. Here's uh, The Miz lost his Intercontinental title. Ooh. Right in the clickets. Seventh reign. His seventh run as IC champ comes to an end after 169 days. Yeah, I guess that's... That's, that's a good run. That's a healthy run, run. For the IC title. It's like half a year, maybe more. It's, 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 it's like breath, breathed into it properly. Do we have an update on Mayweather? I was just going to say, I literally was going to pull that up. It's a staple now. 
Yeah, well, the thing with Mayweather is the last update we had was him at Catch LA in his pink Rolls Royce and his, and his pink hat. No, it wasn't a pink Rolls Royce. It was a pink hat, but he's got like a crazy Rolls Royce, like a modified one. Catch LA. Yeah. The names uh, no, nothing new with Mayweather except he's teasing a potential comeback. He's been training hard at the gym this week. Uh-oh. And, of course, the whole entourage is there with photos to, to let you know because he can't just do things himself. He's got to be in the center of attention. Uh, TNT. But the 41-year-old Mayweather uh, is still working out hard, and there are rumors swirling. And at this point, I think it's safe to say they're just rumors. I don't think he's in any any. I think he's. I think he's done. Yeah, I but, feel like uh, maybe they're I feel just like he putting the rumors out to get attention. Yeah, but he's. Uh, although if he keeps blowing this money, he might need to do another flight and get another hundred million to last him a couple months. Uh, he's been training a lot at the gym and staying in peak form condition. So. I uh, just think about it though. The only way, the only thing you did to make money was box, and now you're not doing that anymore. So what are you gonna do? You're not just gonna sit around. You're obviously not gonna go visit the pyramids of Giza. So what are Ooh, you gonna do, reference. Floyd? Like he obviously should get into broadcasting. We all know he can blab. He can certainly blab. He can talk. He's exciting. He's a student. Uh, He's he's a character. He's yeah, a stoop. Right. Total character. It'd be like he's, having, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage guest and ring announce. Right. You're gonna watch it. You're gonna be glued. Uh, I feel like he he needs to do that, and that's all he knows how to do, is box. And and I don't know if he has people, smart people, like making his money work for him. You know, he's made a lot of money, but the way the looks of what he spends. I mean, the guy. Spends a lot of money on like trivial things. I mean, he has a fifty thousand oh. dollar iPod, and they don't even make iPods anymore. And he has one with diamonds in it. I mean, to me, that's just like it's like how even out Bill of Gates would is. do that. And he's yeah, uh, hey, money, money. You know, uh, you can listen to your music on your phone now. You don't need a separate iPod. Oh no, no, it's, uh, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. I'm just well. Somebody said that to him, and he and he said. IPod. Well, iPod's so expensive. Everybody's a platinum artist on my iPod, and it's like, oh, but it's fifty thousand dollars on a piece of shit. So I feel like he he just blows so much money. Dude. It's not unheard of for him to go bankrupt in his lifetime because he. No. I feel like every day he's like, oh, you like that? Let's buy it, and he just everything right. like Michael Jackson. He has a, right? Yeah, hundred percent. He has a money on like a hundred. He has a, a a mat for his private jet that he owns. That says the best ever, 50 and 0. That's diamond encrusted. And it's just the mat that you step on before you get on a plane. I mean, that's, there's people dying out there. That of, mat of, could feed hunger. an entire country in Zimbabwe. Or, I mean, that's Africa. what it is. <laughs> right. That is Zimbabwe, sure. Whatever. That's yeah. such a waste of valuable. It could feed, it could feed people. That's and what it is. You're stepping on it to get on your plane that. Swallows gasoline, spits it into the atmosphere. It's just—it's wild. It's irresponsible. And really. that. Oh my gosh! I <gasps> do it again. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> chewing. I'm just kidding. Do we have any ice we can shake up? I'm just kidding. I no, I'm good. I'm good. John, John. Oh, uh, let me get a tissue. God, John. <laughs> That was a great sports with John. I love the Mayweather updates too. We gotta get him on the show. The last one was unbelievable. The last like sports with John closeout. 
I forget oh, what the you ice? did, but I like died. I forget oh, what you said. Let me just take a walk dying. or something like that. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna take a quick walk. I'm just gonna move around a little bit. I'll look back. I'll take a shower. It's fine. <laughs> that is so. That's such a genius fucking bit, man. Yeah, sports with John. I love Ready, that clothes. You're closing, and I'm not closing that early, but I am. Genius, Lloyd. Pure genius. Spiders. At the underscore podcast. Thirty-five. Got a lot of cool shady picks today on the Snapchat. Oh. So check them out. She's been. Oh, I'm gonna check them out all day. I'm gonna log in right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up the app. My fifty thousand dollar iPod. It's funny. Some days she'll wait until like the afternoon to come up and hang out in the office. She'll sleep under the bed all day. But oh. uh, today was one of those days at like seven thirty. I got up and she just followed me right up to the office and sat by the window, oh. looked out the window. It's a sign of love. The she's sign of my, trust. She's my. I, here, do you hate this? She's my ride or die. <laughs> I do. I do. My she's ride my ride or, ride or die. die. Okay, DMX. I'll choose. I'll choose die. Please. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather die than do that. Cats are funny how they choose spaces to sleep at for like a week and then they change it up. Mm-hmm. They'll pick like a couch pillow and they'll be there for like a week and then yeah. they'll get bored and switch it up. Yeah, or like the it's corner. like their, their new thing. They always right. want to be like as high as they can comfortably be. Yeah. The God complex. The, yes, the God complex. You can follow us on Spotify. Listen to all the shows for free yeah. there, as well as iTunes, and on Podbean, the platform of digital enterprises growing for the places you can listen to us. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for following, for tweeting, Yay. for snapping, and for posting. I am Matthew Clark. The gentleman in charge of probing to the gentleman in charge of disrobing. <laughs> Jonathan Assinger saying, thank you for listening and good night, everybody. And you, you. And catch, catch, we all look around the Nazis, not the book we say matters. You didn't listen to the first time, you're still terrible at grammar. Your spelling is horrendous, your punctuation sucks. Prepare for the grammar, Gestapo, and the language Lachma. You want to go first, or do you want me to start this? Nein, you go ahead, I'm busy with this breakfast. And after the Steiner beer, go Schlager and Nachfest. Is he sure? I insist. Danke, you got this. Welcome class, eh? Here the lecture number eight. Take notes on this lesson, or I'm sending in the Reich. You haven't learned the difference between hair, hair, and hair. Pear, 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 fair, fair, and fair, and stare versus stare, and bear versus bear, unless you're looking for your brains, then it's there, not there! There, there, there. Don't cry to let your eyes puff, just remember it's would have. Not would have! I could have destroyed you if you use could have. Flunked you last semester, I most certainly should have. Learn the difference between P and P, or you'll be double E one in your diaper at 23. Open your eyes and correctly spell C. Use an A once more, my U boat sinking you at C. Die versus die, and blue versus blue. Hey, use guys. Ew, 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 ew! As a principle of principle is continuous, continuous, and serious. You're conspicuous, ambiguous, relentless, times are promiscuous, and devious. You're relentlessly uninfluenced, and your stupidness is ridiculous and deciduous. You're treacherous, sincere, and grammar clubs, and most oblivious and frivolous. My mind, you're yours, our ours. Four paws, a bell, bell. Same, same. Flow, flow. The bore, bore. An aisle, aisle. Rung, rung. Add, add. Bizarre, bizarre. Sun, sun. Metal, metal. Red, red. Run, run. This is Nazi grammar 202. The grammar class is true. That's true, not true, but now get ready for lesson two. It's a spelling comedy. He's back, and there's just no telling. They'll come in class and learn a sing about spelling. Oh my gosh.
gosh.